freedom is a strange word, sir, Kaladin said softly, settling down. These last few months, I've probably been more free than at any time since my childhood. You want to know what I did with it? I stayed in the same place, serving another High Lord. I wonder if men who use cords to bind are fools. Since tradition, society, and momentum are going to tie us all down anyways. I don't have traditions, Sa said. Our society. But still, my freedom is that of a leaf. Dropped from the tree, I just blow on the wind and pretend I'm in charge of my destiny. That was almost poetry, Sa. I have no idea what that is. Heroes of presents The Storm Pod, a Stormlight Archive podcast. Book three, Oathbringer. This is just a quick spoiler warning for chapters 19, 20, and 21. We are doing triple chapter this episode. Uh, chapter 20 is very, very small, so I figured I'd smush them in there. And then I think next episode we're doing three as well. So ooh, a little treat for everyone. We're going to get through this part one in no time. Um, if you haven't picked the right episode or if you um, haven't done your reading, go back and do those two things. Make sure that you're on the right episode and then you're all cut up on your reading. We don't want you to be spoiled, but we do want you to enjoy the episode. Welcome to the show. I'm your host, Sean Q, and he is a leaf on the wind, and he pretends he's in charge of his own destiny, but I am. It's Jack. What's up, man? How are you? I'm good, dude. Uh, you feel you feel like you're a leaf in the wind? A leaf, a leaf in the wind. I kind of do. How I kind of feel like I'm... How apropos, how apropos is -hmm. that quote from Saw the Parchment? Mm -hmm. Like right. you've been talking about this for three books now. Three books since that the, the characters are just a leaf on the wind, and the yep. wi- and everyone here is pretending that they're in charge of their own destiny. Right? Isn't it cool? It's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, as, it's as, great. As soon as I read it, I was like, "Oh, geez, Jack probably just peed a little." <laughs> like, <laughs> um, this is this is really cool. The, y- y- you know what though? I think what I love most about these three chapters that we're doing today. Mm-hmm is that we get a real potpourri here. Yeah, we get a little bit of everybody, right? Yeah, we really do. Yeah, Dalinar in the past. Right. Kaladin in the present with the Parshman. Right. And then we get uh, another strange date with Shallan and Adolin. Another strange date, yeah. (laughs) It's not a date, but I mean, anytime they're together, it's probably a date. Sure. No, it's great. I think that's kind of my highlight, uh, to be honest with you, is just this little package of, of chapters. Yeah, it, it worked out good. Uh, like I, It worked out well. I'll be honest with you. I don't study all the chapters and say, oh, I should group these together. I should group these together. Mm-hmm. I know there's certain chapters that need to go with other chapters. Sure. So I try to ensure that those get grouped. But then mm-hmm. after that, 
everything else is just kind of random. So in this, right. this is working out. This worked out really nice. It worked out really well. Mm-hmm. So I, I, so that's kind of my my highlight for what we're about to cover. But um, early highlight, le, le, early highlight yeah. again. Wow. I know, right? We haven't even started yet. I know. Okay, chapter nineteen: the subtle art of diplomacy. Mm-hmm. So this is a flashback thirty-one years ago. Mm-hmm. So f- right before we start. The last flashback mm-hmm. we had was of um, the Colins and uh, Sadius attacking Rathalas, the Rift. Mm-hmm. And that was- th- And that was 33? 33 years ago. So it's been two mm-hmm. years since then. Two years. So mm-hmm. two years since the battle at the Rift, two years since Dalinar got his Shardblade Oathbringer, two years since D- Gavilar said that we had to be less warmongery and try to be more diplomatic. Right. Right. So, Dal- so it starts off with Dalinar- um, making a comment about stupid decorative candles. Mm-hmm. He sees a candle flickering on the table and he says, what's the point? Looking pretty? Didn't they use spheres because they were better than candles for light? It's true. Yeah. He's got a thing against, you know, lantern light, candle light. If, if it doesn't come from a sphere. No. This is the way he was thinking as the Blackthorn. Mm-hmm. I just want to point that out. Yeah, it's very strange. Um, at a glare from Gavilar, Dalinar stopped burning his napkin and leaned back, nursing a mug of deep violet wine. And then it says a, a little later in that uh, paragraph, it says, well, well, it, it says the, the feast hall spread before him, dozens of, of, dozens of tables set on the floor of the large stone room. The place was far too warm and sweat prickled on his arms and forehead. Too many candles, maybe. <laughs> right. I just, I thought too many candles was a great um, alternate title. <laughs> yeah. And and I was kind of wondering if I could read into it a little bit, like, um, you know, too many people that aren't using spheres or that can't use Stormlight or, you, you know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. So, so too many candles be, became, became a little, little I, thing I, for me. I saw a, a different thing. I, I saw... How Kaladin sees a mundane creature like a horse as a monster, and yeah. and Dalinar is like, there's just too many candles around, like these yeah. these blasted things, <laughs> blasted things, yeah. these cursed candles, right? Yep. Outside the feast hall, a storm was raging, like a madman who'd been locked away, impotent, and ignored. Huh. Like a madman who'd been locked away, impotent and ignored. Makes you think of Talon a little bit, right? Makes me think of how one could abandon their god or gods. Hmm. Um, but how do you deal with high storms, Bright Lord? Says Toe. Tall, blonde-haired Westerner was sitting with Gavilar. Good planning, says Gavilar. Keeps an army from needing to be out during a storm except in rare situations holdings are common in alfkar if a campaign takes longer than anticipated we can split the army and retreat back to a number of these towns for shelter mm-hmm. and if you're in the middle of a siege toe asks sieges are rare out here bright lord toe surely there are cities with fortifications toe says your famed kolinar has majestic walls does it not you're forgetting that we have soul casters, Gavilar says. 
Yes, sieges happen now and then, but it's very hard to starve out a city's soldiers while there are soul casters and emeralds to make food. Instead, we usually break down the walls quickly, or more commonly, we seize the high ground and use that vantage to pound the city for a while. Mm-hmm. You think he's giving up too many little secrets here in war? Mm, no, I, th- I don't think so. Okay. Toe nods and says, soul casters, we have, we have not these things in Rira or Erie. Fascinating, fascinating, he says. And so many shards here. Perhaps half of the world's wealth of blades and plates, all contained in Voran kingdoms. The heralds themselves favor you. Dalinar took a long pull on his wine. Mm-hmm. You think he's trying to drown out? It's, it seems like he's drowning out things. Especially he doesn't the, want to the, be here. The he Navani doesn't want to thing. do anything. Yeah, he doesn't want right. to have anything to do with this. This is like torture for Dalinar, for the Blackthorn. Absolutely. Servants bring out slabs of pork and lanka claws for, for the men, cooked in a savory broth. The women dined elsewhere, including, he'd heard, Toe's sister. Dalinar hadn't met her yet. The two western light eyes had arrived barely an hour before the storm had hit. And of course, Toe's sister ends up being Evie. Mm-hmm. Which is which is very yeah, cool. which is exactly like the person we've been waiting to meet for three books, for three books. Mm-hmm. Dalinar tore into his lanka claws, cracking them with the bottom of his mug and biting out the meat. <laughs> this feast seemed too polite. Where was the music and the laughter? The women? They're eating in separate rooms. He's questioning yeah. all these things. <laughs> yeah, they are. I like this. I, I like that he wants things to be a bit more like lively. Yeah, like he wants you know, to be like at a party. Yeah, exactly. Um, the final four high princes stood firm in their unified front. The once frantic fighting had, had stalled. More and more of Gavilar's time was required by the administration of his kingdom, which was half as big as they wanted it to be, but still demanding. Huh. I, th- I thought that was an interesting thing to, uh, to think about, which is... What they've accomplished, the four of them, mm-hmm. it's only half as much as what they wanted. Right. It's pretty amazing. The Again, like the greed. Mm-hmm. Isn't there a discussion in one of these chapters about when is it ever enough? Right. I think it might be. I think, Ga- I think it's Gavilar that comes to that conclusion. Yeah. I think he does. Or, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's in this chapter for sure. I think so. Politics. Gavilar and Sadius didn't make Dalinar play at it too often. But he still had to sit at feasts like this one, rather than dining with his men. I love that he would rather dine with his men. That's right, great. Right. It's totally Again, a very Kaladin similar move. to Kaladin thing. Yeah. yeah. Um, he sucked on a claw, watching Gavilar talk to the foreigner. Gavilar actually looked regal, with his beard combed like that, glowing gemstones on his fingers. He wore a uniform of the newer style, formal and rigid. Dalinar instead wore his skirt-like Takama and an open overshirt that went down to mid-thigh and his chest was bare. Sadius held court with a group of lesser light-eyes. At a table across the hall, every one of that group had been carefully chosen men with uncertain loyalties. Mm-hmm. Mm. I wonder Sadius that, surrounding I wonder... himself with some dangerous... Yeah, I, I think it's, Sadius is doing the, uh, the hard work right now where he's going over to some lesser... High Lords, 
mm-hmm. but he's also trying to wrangle the ones who are kind of against Gavilar and bring them over to the side, right? Sadius mm. is, is that guy. Um, there is something right. I want to bring up here, though. Um, Gavilar yeah. is dressed, he wore a uniform to this right. gal- gathering of the newer style, formal and rigid. Yeah. Do we think that Gavilar at this point, 31 years ago, is already reading the codes? I think he mentions the codes later on in the book, in the chapter. He does. When he, he says suggests that to, it as reading to Dalinar. Yeah. That's right. So he's, Gavilar is already abiding by the, the codes by dressing in formal uniform. He's always ready. And then later on, Dalinar will make all of his men do the same. Right now, Ga- Dalinar right. is wearing a Takama, like a more traditional, yeah. uh, um, Alethi outfit, but he's not in uniform like Gavilar is. Right. You know, what's funny is when, when I read that, I didn't really linger on it to think about it, but, but now that you mention it, that's really, mm-hmm. that's really interesting. I wonder if in some way, well, and I, I think maybe we've had some language in the, in the first two books already that, that Dalinar is abiding by the codes as a way of honoring his brother. Yeah. Right? Well, it's like, that's a definite. He, he tried to understand his brother near the end. Cause remember they always said, no, Gavilar near the end changed. Now this is 31 years ago, right? Right. So mm-hmm. Gavilar mm-hmm. still has a lot of ways to go until he starts to change near the end of his life. But right. it seems like even this early, he might've been following the codes. Because hmm. he does mention the codes later on to, uh, to Dalinar, so I just wanted to point out the uniform as no, being that's evidence cool. of it. I like that. Um, so regarding these uh, uncertain loyalty, lesser light eyes that are surrounding Sadius, mm-hmm. um, it says here in the text that he was that he'd find ways to eliminate them, mm-hmm. not with but not with assassins, of course. They all found that sort of thing distasteful. It wasn't the Alethi way. But who uses assassins? Uh, his wife. Um, Eole does. S- uh, right. Sadius does. Yeah, Sadius' wife, yep. Eole does. Yasna. And Yasna. Yeah, Yasna was hiring all the assassins so that yep. no one could assassinate them, which is actually kind of awesome. It's kind of awesome. Yeah. It, it makes me like it a little more now that I know that assassinating the use of it is not the Alethi way. Right. Is that just, is something people say? I think so. It's not the Alethi way, but then amongst all the Alethi, they just do it anyway. I think so. Yeah. Don't get caught doing it. It's not the Alethi way, but it is exactly that way. Yeah. Because as much as they're like, oh, I'll duel him. They don't want, they would rather, they would rather send someone to assassinate him in secret. Yeah. Um, instead, they'd maneuver the man into a duel with Dalinar, or would position him at the front of an assault. Ayla, Sadius's wife, spent an impressive amount of time cooking up new schemes for getting rid of problematic allies. <laughs> it seems to be kind of the way of dealing with things, is to create, is to get a duel going. Mm-hmm. Let's settle this the old way. Right. Right? We do know, though, he, like you said before, that Sadius and Eole actually leaned on assassins later on at the Shattered Plains. So maybe they decided to to do away with those, you know, older types of of problematic, you know, um, dealings. They, they they went for the assassination. Hmm. I think that this right. is supposed to be kind of telling us how formidable Eole is, because mm-hmm. Sadius in our present is gone. But as we find out in two chapters, Adolin and Shallan will have to deal with Eole 
as being the head of her right. her princedom for now. Oh my gosh, what a great way to end this! These three chapters, eh? Right. When when they get to meet, and Marais is there. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, oh we'll get to gosh, it. We'll get to it's it. So good. Yeah, it's great. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean, it's kind of like, you know, Adolin thinking that it was it was going to end the threat mm-hmm. by getting rid of Sadius. It's right. kind of like. I don't know. Yeah, his wife was just as devious and crazy as, as he right. was, right? So yeah. as formidable is probably a good word too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, Dalinar finished the, his, the, his claws and then turned toward his pork, a succulent slab of meat swimming in gravy. Mm. The food was better at this feast. He just wished that he didn't feel so useless here. Gavilar made alliances, Sadius dealt with problems. Those two could treat a feast's hall like a battlefield. But Dalinar reached for his side for his knife so he could cut the pork, except the knife wasn't there. And I initially thought, oh, that's Someone's a problem. Someone's got his knife. Mm-hmm. Um, he had lent it to Taleb, hadn't he? Taleb? That's huge. Mm-hmm. Taleb. Yeah. Well, he's so yeah. Taleb's one of his uh, elites now. He t- fully trusts him. Like, yeah. And we know that eventually he becomes his like one of his closest confidants because Taleb en- yeah. ends up being like the general of his armies. Right. Right. Um, he'd stared down. He stared down at the pork, smelling the peppery sauce. His mouth was watering. He reached to eat it with his fingers, and then he looked up. Everyone else was eating primly with utensils, but. The servers had forgotten to bring him a knife. I love that scene, him yeah. wanting to eat like an, like an animal and then looking around and going, oh like, man. God, I better. I'm kind of, it, it, it was a little like a little Beauty and the Beast moment for me or something like that. Yeah, I, I, I foresee like, him <laughs> as having like a, the napkin tucked into his neck line as opposed to having yeah. it on his lap and stuff. Yeah. Like, yeah. Totally. Um, that was, I thought, a, a cute little moment. Um damnation he sits back down again wagging his mug for more wine nearby gavilar and that foreigner continued their chat again just with the way he's thinking you know it's that foreigner mm-hmm. right that that blonde blonde haired um future brother-in-law is is it rira yeah okay rira um so are they re- rearins is that i guess how so yeah <laughs> are there rears <laughs> Look at all those rears. Your campaign here has been impressive, Bright Lord Colin, Toe says. One sees a glint of your ancestor in you, the great Sunmaker. Hopefully, Gavilar noted, my accomplishments won't be as ephemeral as his. Ephemeral, says Toe. He reforged Althkar, Bright Lord. You shouldn't speak of so of one like him. You're his descendant, correct? We all are. Gavilar says, House Colon, House Sadius, all the tents, all the ten princedoms, their founders were his sons, you know. Hmm. So yes, signs of his touch are here, yet his empire didn't even last a single generation past his death. Leaves me wondering what was wrong with his vision, his planning, that his great empire broke apart so quickly. Seems like... That's uh, really interesting. Yeah, it's really cool. It seems like Gavilar mm-hmm. is really concerned about longevity. Yeah. Building something that, that lasts. Yeah, will this continue I, after I die kind of thing? Right. He's thinking about his legacy, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Um, Dalinar tried to catch the attention of a servant to request a dinner knife, but they're too busy scuttling about, seeing to the other needs of the demanding feast-goers. He sighs, and then stands up, stretching, walks to the door, holding the empty mug. Then he shoves open the massive wooden construction and steps outside. Mm-hmm. Only it's a high storm outside. Yeah, it's a high storm. What are you doing? Sheets of icy rain wash over his skin and wind blast him fiercely. The high storm was at its raging height, lightning blasting down like vengeful attacks from the heralds. Mm-hmm. Dalinar struck out into the storm. He's oh, his overshirt whipping about him. Gavilar talked more and more about things like legacy, the kingdom, mm-hmm. and responsibility. Right. What had happened to the fun of the fight, to riding into battle laughing? It's so funny to read about Dalinar in this way. Right. Because he's just so different now. Yeah, he's he's like he, thinking about the things that Gavilar is thinking about right now. Right. It took Dalinar 30 years to, to get there. Right. This was a high storm way stop when Dalinar steps out into the storm. A place built to house patrolling armies during the storms. He and Gavilar had been positioned at this one for a good four months now, Mm -hmm. drawing tribute from the nearby farms and menacing house Evavak. I'm not sure if I'm saying that right. Mm. Evavak? From just inside its borders. I think it's a Vavik. Dalinar found the particular bunker he was looking for and pounded on the door, but there's no response. So he summoned his shard blade, slid the tip between the double doors, and sliced the bar inside. He pushed open the door to find a group of wide-eyed, armed men scrambling into defensive lines surrounded by fear spren, weapons held in nervous grips. Taleb, Dalinar says, did I lend you my belt knife? My favorite one with the white spine ivory on the grip. Okay, this is hilarious. Right. I love how he pounds on the door. No response. He goes right to summoning a shard blade yeah. to open it. Like just <laughs> yeah, n- just no messing no around patience. whatsoever. He didn't even wait for anyone to answer. Didn't wait for them to answer. Yeah. Really, I mean, or it seemed like he didn't wait. Yeah. Like two seconds, and then he just bursts open, and then he basically breaks the door down, and then and then says, uh, guys, can I borrow a cup of sugar? <laughs> or, you does know, anyone like, have my knife? Yeah, Anybody have, have my, my knife? knife? Like, hilarious. I just think it's so funny. It and they're really like, funny. they're like looking at this guy break down the door. Yeah, because he in, says, like, um, uh, your knife, Bright Lord? Yeah, like, you're, uh, <laughs> like, uh, you d- could have just waited for us to answer the door. Like, don't, don't they have, have any at the kitchen that you were just, you could have just Ask someone. <sighs> Lost the thing somewhere, Dalinar says. I lent it to you, didn't I? I? I gave it back, sir, Taleb says. You used it to pry that splinter out of your saddle, remember? Damnation, you're right. What did I do with that blasted thing? Oh my gosh, this is too funny. <laughs> yeah. This is Dalinar, like, kind of drunk. Kind of scatterbrained a little bit. Yeah, scatterbrained. Like, what did I do with that knife? And then he barges in. It's, yeah. it's crazy. I kind of had, wi- I kind of wish that um, mm. He had had his knife on him the whole time. Yes, like you know, you, you put your sunglasses on yep. your head. And you're like, where the fuck yep. are my sunglasses? Where is my knife? Yeah, right. it would have been great he had if it, he had it on him the whole time. Would have been great yeah. if it was in his boot or something. <laughs> yeah, ex- mm-hmm. exactly. That's what I was just yep. gonna say. Yeah. Um, I love that idea. That's that's uh, that's great. Um, 
<laughs> I gave it back. Damnation, you're right. What did I do with it? The colon battles were getting so calculated these days. And these last months had been more about what happened off the battlefield than on it. Well, that's not good for Dalinar. Mm-mm. No. Well, if the action is happening. No, that's why he's feeling useless right now. Right. He's feeling useless. Mm-hmm. It all seemed to leave Dalinar behind like the discarded shell of a Kremlin after it molted. An explosive burst of wind drove him against the wall. A large boulder slammed into the wall, then bounced away. Dalinar glanced and saw something luminous in the distance, a gargantuan figure mm-hmm. that moved on spindly, glowing legs. Mm-hmm. This is during the high storm. Right. Do we know exactly what that thing is? Well, we don't really, don't really know anything. A large boulder slammed into the wall, then bounced away. Mm -hmm. Dalinar glanced Mm -hmm. and saw something luminous in the distance. A gigantuan figure that moved on spindly glowing legs. Mm -hmm. Very strange. Gargantuan. Yeah. And and within the high storm. Yeah. It's like kind of like up in the the distance. So it was like, I don't know, something. It it sounds like it might have been a chasm fiend, but they're in... Like, I don't, they're even in Alethkar right now. Right. Yeah. Is it the same thing as That's a... That's strange. As a... You know what's funny is I don't even know if I, like, really took note of this this time around either. An explosion, an explosive burst of wind drove him against the wall and he stumbled and stepped backwards. Driven by instinct he couldn't d- define, a large boulder slammed into the wall then bounced mm-hmm. away. Dalinar glanced and saw something luminous in the distance, a gargantuan figure that moved on spindly glowing legs. And then he doesn't fucking mention it again? No. He doesn't like burst into the feast hall and he's all like, yo guys, I literally just saw a fucking gigantic monster outside (laughs) and it threw a boulder at me. Instead he's all like, where's my damn knife? Well, he wants to eat his pork. It's getting cold. So he, maybe that's the point of this is that something crazy just happened outside and he doesn't even care. He's just really looking for that knife. This is bizarre. I'm going to bring this up with the Discord group. Do we not have any reference to this kind of a creature or entity in the previous books other than maybe a great shell, which is not, as far as I remember, it doesn't have spindly legs. Great. Uh, I mean, they, they do have like little legs, but they're supposed to be an Alethkar. Like these things, the, 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 the chasm fiends, these gigantic ones, mm-hmm. they don't like pupate near here. They don't like, I don't know, it's very strange. I'm going to have, we're going to have to find out. Here it is. Hey everyone. What? If you know mm. what the hell's going on listening to this and you know what this passage is referring to. Send us a quick message on uh, on all of our socials at the end of the, of the show that you're going to hear mm. and tell us what you think about this passage. This is a very strange one. Okay, well, I thought maybe you knew from our previous readings and I just forgot about it. Like, but... Seriously, okay. like, I mean, the only thing I can think of is a chasm fiend, but it's, uh, it's wild. So Dalinar actually, so after this encounter, which is hilarious... With these glowing legs, Dalinar steps back up to the feast hall, pushes open the door, throwing aside two servants, and strides back in. Mm -hmm. He's dripping with water, streaming with water. He walks up to the high table where he flops down in his chair and sets down his mug. And he's he's commenting, he's like, wonderful. Now he was wet and he still couldn't eat his pork. Right. So, 
I just think, you know what, th- this might be the highlight, really, is him wanting to eat his pork. Yeah. Wanting to get a, a knife. And meanwhile, High Storm, did you, did you, do you have, do you have, do you have my knife? Do you, have, do you know where my knife is? <laughs> yeah. Do you know where, where my knife is? Um, wonderful. <sighs> yeah, wonderful. Ugh. I can't and there's this giant creature outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, everyone had gone silent. A sea of eyes stared at him. Brother, says Gavilar, is everything all right? I lost my storming knife. Thought I'd left it in the other bunker. He raised his mug and took a loud, lazy slurp of rainwater. Excuse me, Lord Gavilar, Toad uh, stammered. I find myself in need of refreshment. The blonde-haired Westerner stood from his place, bowed, and retreated across the room to where a master servant was administering drinks. He seemed, his face seemed even paler than, than it normally was. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> I, like, I like what his brother says here. What's wrong with him, says Dalinar. I assume that people he knows don't casually go for strolls and high storms. Yeah. Right? Right. Yeah. Hilarious. So it's a bit un- ungluing, I guess, uh, mm-hmm. with regards to... Um, with regards to Toe. <laughs> he says here, Delinar's like, bah, this is a fortified way stop with walls yeah. and bunkers. We needn't be scared of a little wind. What we should be really afraid of is that gargantuan monster that's outside. Right. And I, I couldn't help but think here when he says we needn't be scared of a little wind, or maybe you do. Maybe if it, it's that little wind spren that's, that's going to be the thing. Mm, maybe. Right? Mm-hmm. Like we needn't be afraid of a little wind. Well, maybe you should maybe. be. Yeah. Maybe you should be. Yeah. Um, Toe thinks differently, I, I assure you. You're grinning. You may have just proven, <laughs> proven in one moment, Dalinar, a point I've spent a half hour trying to make politically. Toe wonders if we're strong enough to protect him. I love Very this. good point. This is really fucking I love awesome. I love that because you, you did show great strength. You literally went out into the high storm, walked to the other yeah. bunker, came back out, and you were like, yeah, yeah. that's fine. Everything's fine here. And it said that the high storm was at its, at its highest point. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Oh my God. Guy's crazy. Um, okay. Can we just (laughs) stop and remember that this is a high storm where boulders are being flung around? Yeah. Like, dude, this thing is crazy. It's funny. Like you or I, there's no way we would step outside. No, we wouldn't even, we wouldn't even be going outside in a low storm let alone a high storm. <laughs> like it's sprinkling out and I'm like, fuck that. I'm staying indoors. Absolutely. Okay. Um, you may have just proven at this point. Yeah, I think he kind of did. I love Is it. that what this conversation was about? Asks um, Dalinar. Obliquely, yes. Huh. Well, I'm glad that I could help. What does it take to get one of these fancy servants to get me a storming knife? Their master servants, Dalinar, the sign of need, remember? His brother makes the sign by raising his hand in a particular way. Mm-hmm. Do you remember this sign? No. You really need to pay better attention, Gavilar. We aren't living in huts anymore. <laughs> Actually, they never had lived in huts. They were colon, heirs to one of the world's great cities. Even if Dalinar had never seen the place before his twelfth year, that's an, that's an interesting little tidbit, too. Yeah, he had never been to uh, Kolinar until he was 12. Until he was 12. He didn't like that Gavilar was burying into the story the rest of the kingdom told. 
the one that claimed their branch of the house had until recently been ruffians from the backwaters of their own Princeton. Mm-hmm. Huh. Little rewriting of history there? Yeah, I think so. I think that some houses mm. are claiming that about them because they are trying to downplay their um, divinity to rule, I guess. Yeah, they don't deserve maybe. to be the, the rulers of this, this whole nation. They come mm-hmm. from a backwater fuck all, you know, nowhere in, in their own princedom when that's not really true. Like they aren't. Well, well, I think what like Dallin- the, uh, um, Alethkarian Hicks or whatever, like they don't, you know, they don't come from huts. They don't come from like from nothing. Right. And Gavilar is kind of wanting to have that background maybe maybe he will. sees it differently and maybe he like, sees like I've, no, we've we overcome never... our station and where we came from to be now rulers maybe he thinks that makes a better story it might but dalinar seems to want to keep it real and be like no no no. we've always been <laughs> he wants to keep it 100 always, well we've always been colin <laughs> we've always been uh heirs to this to this great like we've always been silver spoon fed right like, don't try to, don't try to rewrite history, mm-hmm. Gavilar, and say that we come from humble background. We don't. Yeah. You, like, don't pretend that you know what real hardship it, is like. It's, it, it's, it's true, actually, because it could go either way. It could be that some houses that are against them are making this up as a way to debase their, their claim. Hmm. Or it could be that some of the houses that are aligned with them are making this claim because it's more impressive if they came from very little and made something of themselves. So I guess it all depends right. on which way you look at it. The doors to the women's feast hall opens up and a figure steps in. Dalinar's breath caught. Navani's hair glowed with the tiny rubies she'd woven into it, a color matched by her pendant and bracelet, her face a sultry tan, her hair a lethe jet black, her red-lipped smile so knowing and clever, and a figure, a figure to make a man weep for desire his brother's wife. Whoa. Yeah, she, she dude, yeah. she's even hotter. No, I, I, mean, I was going to say she's even hotter when she was younger. That is not true. I think the hottest Navani's ever been is literally in, in Oathbreaker in the present. Yeah. Yeah. City planner I, in charge I, of the new city planner. Yeah. She's like mm-hmm. the new like pseudo queen because he's the new high yep. king. Yeah. Yeah. She's. I love that. And I love awesome. that others don't like it, but it's like tough. Yeah. And I like her mm-hmm. age. I like she's like, you know, got a little gray and like she's, mm-hmm. yeah, she's mm-hmm. awesome. Dude. She's I awesome. like that too. Yeah. Um, and secretly responsible for everything that's bad happening in this whole thing. <laughs> secretly, literally the embodiment of Voidbringer. <laughs> <laughs> You're looking for Void Spren? She's right there. She's got it. Her head is turning around all the way. Um, no, um, you're right. This is, uh, but again, it's, I love in the books where it reminds us how hard this is. Yeah. Like, it's hard. It's hard having your heart with someone. Right. Where you know you're not supposed to. Like, that's really hard. Mm-hmm. That's that's a hard thing for for Dalinar to be going through. There's a little bit of evidence in this chapter that Navani might be at this point mm. in love with him too. I, I just was want you to lo- track. I was looking for hints like that. I want but you I- to track how many times she laughs at Dalinar's stupid jokes. 
Uh, okay. Gotcha. Because I think there's that's evidence that she's got feelings for him too, even though yeah. she's chosen Gavilar, even though the two of them were kind of connected when they were younger, she's chosen Gavilar because mm -hmm. he's going to be the king, and so maybe there's an ambitious side of her that wants that power and that that prestige, but she can't help but when she's around Dalinar to laugh at his stupid jokes. <laughs> and we all know that is evidence of love. When you laugh at someone's dumb jokes. <laughs> when you laugh at stupid jokes. Yeah, yeah. yeah, exactly. And I hope that you are all laughing at my stupid jokes because that just means you love me. Okay. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> Bright Lord, he says, um, I will see to your desires, of course, though you might wish to know that the sign is off. If you'll allow me to demonstrate, Dalinar makes a rude gesture. Is this better? <laughs> so Yeah. So he doesn't know the proper sign no, to signal no, the so server. No, now he's, he's giving like, him the, the one that like, everyone knows. How about this? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Um, Dalinar says, wine, violet, enough to fill this three times at least. And what vintage would you like, Bright Lord? Whichever one is closest. <laughs> Whichever one's closest to my glass. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's really good. Um, what happened to the emissary, Navani says as she arrived. She slid between Dalinar and Gavilar as a servant brought her a chair. Um, See? I like the See? way, I like the way even that, what's that? She slips in between Gavilar and Dalinar. She could have totally yeah. sat on Gavilar's other side, but she chose right. to sit on the side where she'd be between Dalinar as well. So that's just a little one point here. It's, well, what, and what I've, what I'm reading in that is that's, that's a wedge between the two, right? The, that's very possible them. too. That's very possible, negative Nancy, but I like to see it uh, in the other light. <laughs> <laughs> Nancy, yeah, is that yeah. going to be... Negative Nancy, that's you. Yeah, negative Nancy, that's me. Okay, fine. Negative Nancy. Dalinar, I'm sure there's plenty of Nancys out there that are not negative. Yes. Very nice Nancys, let's say. That's right. <laughs> Very nice Nancys. <laughs> yeah. Dalinar scared him off, Gavilar says. The scent of her perfume was, was heady. Dalinar scooted his chair to the side and set his face... Be firm. Don't let her know how she warmed him, brought him to life like nothing else but battle. So according to that, then he's like, don't let her know. So she doesn't know about Dalinar's feelings towards her. Or she, she probably doesn't maybe know she's that picked up on it. Maybe she has, but he yeah, thinks more than likely. that he's done a really good job of not, of not showing it, which right. You know, he's... Let's face it. He probably hasn't smarter. done a very good job. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. She, she, she knows. Yeah. Um, uh, so ILA pulls a chair over herself, and a servant brought Dalinar wine. He took a long, calming drink straight from the jug. Mm -hmm. We've been assessing the sister, ILA says. She's a touch vapid. A touch, Navani asks. But I'm reasonably sure she's being honest. The brother seems the same, Gavilar says. Innocent, wide-eyed. I think he's genuine, though. He's a sycophant, Dalinar says with a grunt. Mm -hmm. He's a man without a home, Dalinar, ILA says. No loyalty at the mercy of those who take him in. And he has only one piece he can play to secure his future. He has shard plate. Right. So, um, a couple of things here. Um, mm -hmm. It sounds like ELA and Navani have been doing the same as the guys have been doing to Toe. They've been doing it to Evie, kind of investigating right. her, talking to her, feeling out why they're here. Right. So mm -hmm. they sound like they are running from their own country 
Um, we, we get into that a little bit later here, I think. But, yeah. Um, we don't mm-hmm. know exactly why, but um, they've run from their own country. They're lo- seeking asylum here and they have this shard plate that they're willing to offer as payment for that. Right. Um, but, I, I, and it gets a little bit later that they don't, they're not just here to, you know, get a plot of land and seek asylum. They want to be involved in things. They want to be part of it. Sure, but they ultimately would need the protection. Right, of the, that's what they need too. The cult- protection, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but they're willing to give up a, a, a shard plate. So that's mm. interesting. Taken from his homeland of Rira, brought east as far as Toe could get it from his kinsmen, who were reportedly outraged to find that such a precious heirloom was stolen. So, stolen. Does that mean that Toe? has like stealed it away from his people and it's, is making this arrangement. It sounds like it. The only little bit of information we have about this is when Dalinar mm. is talking to the queen of Irie, she says mm-hmm. that there is still bad vibes going on from when right. you, you guys stole that fair family heirloom of ours, which was the shard plate. So does that become the shard plate that, that Dalinar no, it becomes uses it's Adolin's shard plate he's wearing. That's the shard plate they're talking about. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that's right. So gotcha. this shard plate, the thing, the bargaining chip they're about to use, will eventually yeah. be Adolin's. Right. Right. Hmm. Yeah. It's there's A so much history, of, dude. Uh, it's so great. Uh, like all this really stuff is, is awesome. It's filling in so many blanks. Hmm. Okay. Um. He doesn't have the armor with him, Gavilar says. He's at least smart enough to not carry it. He'll want assurances before giving it to us, and powerful assurances. Look how he stares at Dalinar, Navani says. You impressed him, she cocks her head. Are you wet? (laughs) Seeing that he's... (laughs) I went out for a stroll. Or, sorry, Gavilar says he went out for a stroll. Yeah. You're kidding, Ayala says, scooting over as Sadius joined them at the table. The bulbous-faced man settled down on her, on the chair with the two of them sitting on. That's crazy. Yeah. Why? That's kind of. I kind of wonder if it's like. Yeah. Like why? Why would they sit at the same chair? Like I don't know. Maybe I, that's. Maybe that in of itself is a symbol of the two of them. It's like, they both share the same chair. It's. I think it's. You know what? I hate to say this, Interesting. but it's what? kind of cute. Yeah, it's, it's kind of cute. It's kind of well, cute. Well, I, I was kind of hoping for more of like, so he dropped, hang on. It says, bo- sit, um, the two of them sitting half on, half off. Right. So maybe there mu- wasn't another chair at this table because mm. um, uh, ELA is sitting in Sadius's chair that he would normally sit mm-hmm. at. And so mm-hmm. she scoots over and lets him sit down so everyone can sit at the table together. Um, right. I mean, it's very, very easy for Sadius to just pick a chair and bring it over to the table. But this is, I think, a symbol of how close... ELA and Sadius are, they share mm-hmm. one chair, they share one mind, and now right. in the present, we're going to have to deal with ELA. Right. He dropped a plate on the table, piled with claws in bright red sauce. ELA attacked them immediately. She was one of the few women that Dalinar knew who could, who liked masculine food. I think this is also another clue to, to ELA or mm-hmm. ELA's, um, personality yeah. or capabilities mm-hmm. you know it's like so whatever anything you know masculine if we are to use that word mm-hmm. um anything that we've seen that is masculine whether it be war tactics in war ela can do it too yeah i think that there's i think there's definitely some 
some uh, not foreshadowing, but some groundwork being laid I, for us to understand. That's, that's what I think. ELA for sure. Yeah. Like this is, she's not going to be easy to deal with. No. Yeah. What are we discussing? Sadius asks. We're talking about getting Dalinar married. ELA says, what? Dalinar demands, choking on a mouthful of wine. Well, that is the point of this, right? ELA says. They want someone who can protect them. Someone their family will be too afraid to attack. But Toe and his sister, they'll want more than just asylum. They'll want to be a part of things. Mm-hmm. Inject their blood into the royal line, so to speak. Right. So this Dalinar is, took another long drink of wine. This is what I was talking about, right? Which is like, yeah. they don't just want asylum. They don't want to just be right. refugees from their country. They want to be involved. Right. They have this really big bargaining chip, this shard plate, mm-hmm. which is like a, a an impressive treasure. And they're willing mm-hmm. to give it up if they can be involved in stuff. And if they can be a part of it. And what Ela is saying here is inject their blood into the blood, the royal bloodline is right. This is a, a really cool thing because then now Toes, you know, uh, nephews and nieces will be part of the Colin family if Evie and right. get married, which we know they do. Um, you could try. You could try water sometime. You know, Dalinar Sadius says. That's funny. I had some rainwater earlier. Everyone stared at me funny. Navani smiled at him. There wasn't enough wine in the world to prepare him for the gaze behind the smile. So piercing, so appraising. So here's a nice smile. I'm taking that as mm-hmm. another another little thing here. Yeah. This could be what we need, Gavilar says. It gives us not only the shard, but the appearance of speaking for Althkar. If people outside the kingdom start coming to me for refuge and treaties... We might be able to sway the remaining high princes. We might be able to unite this country, not through further war, but through sheer weight of legitimacy. So his tactic is legitimacy. I don't know. I mean, I I, I got to say, I think it really spoke to me when. It's I think it's the next chapter that we cover when, the conver- the, the conversation between, um. Kaladin and Saw. Mm-hmm. When Saw is basically like, don't expect me to be happy that you're teaching me how to do things. You you people enslaved us and now you are our saviors. Right. Yeah. And you expect me to be gracious right. or whatever. Like right. that's a very complicated thing to unpack. For sure it is. For sure I, it is. I want I want to talk about that, but but it kind of speaks to a bit of this too in terms of like legitimacy, like that's a hard sell. Mm-hmm. Legitimacy to being the ruler of all the kingdoms. Right. That's, that's, I don't, I just. What he's saying is if people from the outside, from other countries yeah, are coming to him. I know. To deal I, with him. appearances. Then it yeah, makes them it. say, well, I guess he is yeah. in charge because. Right. People from it's the outside see him as in charge. Right. Yeah. But again, that's a hard sell. For sure. For sure. A servant at long last arrives with a knife for Dalinar. <laughs> he took it eagerly, then frowned as the woman walked away. What? Navani asks. This little thing? Dalinar asks. Or Dalinar a- a- asked, pinching the dainty knife between two fingers and dangling it. How am I supposed to eat a pork steak with this? Attack it, ILA says, Make a, making a stabbing motion. Pretend it's some thick-necked man who's just been insulting your biceps. If someone insulted my biceps, I wouldn't attack him, Dalinar says. I'd refer him to a physician because obviously something is wrong with his eyes. <laughs> Navani laughs, a musical sound. So yeah, she's laughing there. So yeah. 
So Navani laughs there. So you're right. Like, like yeah. it's playful. Mm-hmm. Um, I, Everyone seems to be teasing him, but she's like, like laughing with him right. when he's making funnies and stuff. So, Oh, Dalinar, Sadia says, I don't think there's another person on Rashar who could have said that with a straight face. That's funny. Mm-hmm. Dalinar grunts, then tries to maneuver the little knife into cutting the steak. A single hunger spren started flitting about his head like a tiny brown fly. Hunger spren. Mm-hmm. Cool. Mm-hmm. What defeated Sunmaker? Gavilar suddenly asked. Hmm? Ayla asks. Sunmaker, Gavilar says, looking from Navani to Sadius to Dalinar. He united Alethkar. Why did he fail to create a lasting empire? His kids were too greedy, Dalinar says. Or too weak, maybe. There wasn't one of them that the others would agree to support. No, that's not it, Navani says. There might, they might have united if the Sunmaker himself could have been bothered to settle on an heir. It's his fault. Mm-hmm. He was off to the west, off in the west, Gavilar says, leading his army to further glory. Alethkar and Herdaz weren't enough for him. He wanted the whole world. Sadius says, so it was his ambition. No, his greed, Gavilar says quietly. What's the point of conquering if you can never sit back and enjoy it? Shubreth, Sun, Mashalan, Sunmaker, even the Hierocracy, they all stretched farther and farther until they collapsed. In all his, the history of mankind, has any conqueror decided that they'd had enough? Has any man just said, this is good, this is what I wanted, and gone home? Yeah. Right. So I wanted to See, point out, I just wanted to point out here, yeah. Shoebreath's son, Mashalan. Yep. There, earlier in this book, we heard of something that we hadn't really ever heard of before called the Shin Invasions. Right. And so I'm only guessing that Shoebreath's son, Mashalan, that's a very um, Shin name. Shin name, Must yep. have son, been son, the Lana. leader of these Shin Invasions. And, and he's bringing it up as another failed right. attempt to... exactly. Well, you would think that, so here's what I find really interesting about all of this with regards to these various kingdoms. Why proceed then Mm -hmm. with this ambition? Right. To unite, to collate kingdoms and and bring people under banners. Look at Alexander the Great. That's the one of the things that I I remember the most about his, you know, stuff in in Greek, uh, you know, um, history and uh, university is that he just couldn't stop. Right. He kept wanting more kept. and more, and he tried to make the empire more, bigger and bigger and bigger until he mm-hmm. died hundreds and hundreds of thousands of miles or thousands of miles away from his, his home. Thousands, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's never enough. It's never enough. So, so it kind of saddens me mm-hmm. to read about this 31 years ago with these characters. Dalinar's at the table of this conversation, right. and yet there he is, there he is 31 years later trying to do it he is trying to do trying it differently to get... though because he he is not trying to conquer the world he's just trying to unite them. unite them i don't know i know it's just hopefully he'll learn from these lessons these old lessons right well and and who's to say that unite them wasn't a voice in all of those other conquerors ears hmm. yeah, that's what true. if what if that's what if that's the de- the deception uh that's the deceiving voice. Whoever is saying unite them, that's the problem. 
we know for sure that the unite them comes from the visions that Dalinar had from the Almighty. We know that. Okay, and it doesn't. So it's not a, it doesn't come in a different yeah, it voice. Doesn't come from the Stone yeah, Father. It doesn't, it doesn't come from anywhere come else. From... It comes from those visions. So, and the okay. only evidence we well, have of anyone else other than Gavilar or Dalinar having it was Gavilar. When he yeah. had a conversation with uh, um, Eshenai at the beginning of this book, he said something about uniting them, and we know that he was having those visions at this time. So. Yeah, I yeah. don't know. I, I guess I could see it that unite them could just be it's like keep keep trying mm -hmm. don't give up right keep trying at it i guess that that could be the message or as i was i think suggesting a little earlier is it the, the message could be you know you, you don't need to do this this mm -hmm. expansion you know it's okay to have differences it might just be okay to to live smaller and and have smaller tribes yeah like maybe that's better for you Maybe it's better for everybody. I don't, I, and I don't claim to know the answer. I'm just right. trying to figure, I'm try, trying to figure this story out. That's all. And who knows if we ever will. Right now, Dalinar says, what I want to eat is my storming steak. He held up the little knife, which was bent in the middle. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. I, I want to make mention here. He holds up the knife, which is bent because he, I guess he was trying to use it and he bent it. He used too much force yeah. or something like that. Um, isn't Little Knife a little, a little name for Shallan? Yeah. I think Marais calls her Little Knife. Right. I just think it's interesting that he's holding a little knife and it's bent. And Shallan is a little bent. Well, maybe. I mean... I don't know. Uh, I'm just... I don't know. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, yeah. just speaking out loud. Get bent. I'm not saying she's... she's she, yeah, get bent. <laughs> she's not bent, but she's more... She's not broken was, yet. Uh, She's not broken, but I don't know. I don't, I, we were talking last night when, on the, with the, um, light weavers and, uh, and I was telling them that I'm just on really shaky ground with that whole Shalon thing we talked about last episode. Yeah. That makes me nervous that you talk to people about it other than me and that they had opinions and maybe, maybe said stuff. Oh no. It makes me no, super they, nervous, dude, bro. Light weavers are amazing. No, no, they're, they got it. They didn't. They didn't say anything. They didn't react. Um, they just listened to what I had to say. Okay. And I was just basically saying just how on shaky ground I am with yeah. the whole thing of, of, uh, yeah. the idea, just, just Shalon as a, as a entity, yeah. as a, as a character. Mm -hmm. Um, anyways, but we'll, we'll talk about that as hopefully more gets revealed, but, um, very, very nervous, much, much more nervous about that than I am, am in any way concerned about Navani. Right. Like I'm not, Navani's the least of my concerns. Yeah, that's right just now. a fun thing. It's just fun. It's just a fun thing. Yeah. yeah. But, but Shalon, that's a big concern. And also getting back Yasna into this, that's a big concern. Um, and then this, you know what? I got to say in this book, it's the murders. Mm -hmm. It's this copycat thing. What is that about? Like, that's crazy. You got to figure it out. Yeah. I don't know if I will. Anyways, okay, little bent, this little knife. How's the Almighty, um, Navani blinks. How in the Almighty's 10th name did you do that? I don't know, he says. Gavilar stares with that distant, far-off look in his green eyes, a look that was becoming more and more common. I wonder if that's because he suspects his brother. 
yeah. his brother's affections. I don't think so. I think that he's well, going I... through the same thing that Dalinar. Remember at the beginning of the series, right. Dalinar would look far off right. out into the distance like he was looking at the origin of the storms? Right. Yeah, I think it's but the same thing. But that's what I'm saying, dude. Like, if that's, if that's the, the message, this whole unite them thing, Gavilar's bringing it up. How come this didn't work? Mm -hmm. How come this didn't work? Well, it's greed. It's expansionist. It's colonial. Yeah. It's, you know, at what point do you, you know, look at the past and go, okay, well, this clearly just doesn't really work. Mm -hmm. It's, or it's not going to work out the way you think it is going to work out. Right. Despite your greatest efforts. Um, Gavilar stares away. Why are we at war, brother? This again, Dalinar says, look, it's not so complicated. Can't you remember how it was back when we started? Remind me, says Gavilar. Well, we looked at this place here, this kingdom, and we realized, hey, all these people have stuff. And we figured, hey, maybe we should have that stuff. So we took it. <laughs> That's Dalinar. That's the... <laughs> it's, it's, it's very simple, it's, but very on the nose. I think it's pretty astute. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's I think it's right on. Oh, Dalinar, Sadius says, chuckling, you are a gem. Don't you ever think about what it meant, though? Okay, hang on. So if Sadius says, if Sadius is chuckling there, does that mean that Sadius also likes uh, Dalinar in a... Yeah, in a romantic Because you're saying that... Yep. Well, because you're saying by that logic, the La laughing at is, no, he joke. doesn't. He doesn't. He's his best <laughs> friends with him. It's it's like people teasing. who are interested with you romantically I, and your best teasing. friends. Which is why you always laugh at my stupid jokes. Well, it's because I do love you, man. Oh, buddy. No. Um, oh, Dalinar, Sadia says, you are a gem. <laughs> Don't you ever think about what it meant, though? Gavilar asks. A kingdom? Something grander than yourself? Something grander than yourself. That's a foolishness. Sorry, that's foolishness, Gavilar. When people fight, it's about the stuff. That's it. Maybe, Gavilar says, Maybe. There's something I want you to listen to. The codes of war from the old days. Back when Alcar meant something. So there it is. It's brought up. This is why yeah. Gavilar is having these thoughts. He's starting to start he's starting to change. Right. Dalinar nodded absently as the serving staff entered with teas and fruit to close the meal. One tried to take his steak and he growled at her. She backed away. Dalinar caught sight of something. A woman peeking into the room from the other feast hall. Mm -hmm. She wore a delicate, filmy dress of pale yellow, matched by her blonde hair. He leaned forward, curious. Toe's sister Evie was 18, maybe 19. She was tall, almost as tall as an Alethi, and small of chest. In fact, there was a certain sense of flimsiness to her, as if she were somehow less real than an Alethi. The same went for her brother, with his slender build. But that hair, it made her stand out like a candle's glow in a dark room. I love that. Mm -hmm. Her hair as a candle's glow. Oh and he God, was just saying, don't we, we don't need these candles. Too many candles. Right. Know, but now it's, it's, but now he's like, oh, I look know. at her hair. It's like a candle's glow. Yeah. It's really Dude. cool, man. It's a really cool introduction to it's this got, character, Evie. I think it's gotta be my highlight. Yeah. Eh? Of, of this chapter. Of this yeah. chapter, yeah. Of, of this all chapter, chapters. Yeah, for sure. 
A candle's glow. Yeah, you're right. I mean, and again, you know, it's about perspective. You mm. know, I, I think these things about candles, these, you know, it's just, just beautiful. What's the point? And then he sees one. Right. And then thinks, oh, okay, mm-hmm. now I see the point. Um, illumination. Illumination. She kept trying to eat with her safe hand, Navani says, eyebrow cocked. I think this is cool too. She's making that statement about Evie. Evie. Yeah. Right. And it's not, it's critical. Right. It is critical because right. I think, this is just me, I think she sees Dalinar's reaction to Evie. Right. And then Navani has to go right away and go, oh, uh, she kept trying to eat with her safe hand. <laughs> what a loser yeah. type thing. What a loser. But Dalinar's yeah, exactly. like, you know, he's got heart eyes. He's like animation. Yeah. He's an anime character <laughs> with heart eyes. Yes, absolutely. And they're like bulging out of his head. Yeah. Ayla leans down, lean down the uh, the table toward Dalinar, speaking conspiratorially. Oh, I love this from her. To be mm-hmm. honest, this is another little highlight of mine it's... that she sli- she slinks over to Dalinar and says, and says they go about half clothed out in the far west. You know, Rirans, Iraeli, and Reshi. They aren't as inhibited as these Primalethi women. I bet she's quite exotic in the bedroom. Yeah. I love that that it's, she did. It's that. a little manipulative, just, right? Like trying to get totally him to be like they're super manip- fucking hot, dude. Like they, she's gonna do whatever you want, bro. <laughs> well, it, it it almost like made me feel like she would like want to be a part of it. Or almost, eh? you know, like, yeah, like 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 her like sexiness kind of came out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. There's something about it that I really thought was cool. Um, that she, that she did that. Dalinar grunted, then finally spotted a knife. Actually, interesting. That she did that, knowing that there was a little criticism from Navani too. Yeah. So it's like, ILA was like, oh. Navani's trying um, to say something not to push him towards her. Right. So I'm going to double down and say something even more appealing to Dalinar to make him want her. Yeah. Interesting. Gosh, now I have to wonder if if ILA and Sadius are very much the same mind. Well, they're sitting on the same chair. That's what you said earlier, I know, right? So that's, right. they are one so, type of person. Right. So yeah. now I'm wondering if Sadius is clever enough to know his friend, to know his affections about Navani. I would not be surprised if both Sadius and Elaine know. Right. They are very, very intelligent. Right. So, and they are so the kind of people know, that want all the information, right? So... Mm-hmm. They they could be trying to steer Dalinar, yeah, away from a destructive path mm-hmm. with Navani. It's true. Like don't don't do this to your brother. Yeah, don't don't do this. Mm-hmm. If you want, if you, if you're gonna do something, do it with this pretty little blonde yeah, hair. Uh, you know, the one that's yeah. half clothed and yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. It, so that's yeah. that's interesting. I hadn't really thought about that, but okay. Um, Dalinar grunts, then finally spotted a knife. In the hand, hidden behind the back of a server, clearing Gavilar's plates. Dalinar kicks at his brother's chair, breaking a leg off and sending Gavilar toppling to the ground. The assassin swung at the same moment, clipping Gavilar's ear, but otherwise missing. The wild swing struck the table, driving the knife into the wood. Dalinar leaps to his feet, grabbing the assassin by the neck, 
He spun the would-be killer around, slammed him to the floor, grabs the knife from the table, and pounds it into the assassin's chest. Dalinar steps back, wiped the rainwater from his eyes. Gavilar sprang to his feet, a shard blade appearing in his hand. He looked down at the assassin and then at Dalinar. (laughs) Dalinar kicked at the assassin to be sure he was dead, then leaned over and yanked the man's knife from his chest. Yeah. A A fine blade. He washed it off in his wine and then cut off a piece of the steak and shoved it in his mouth. Finally, he says, good pork, says Dalinar. (laughs) Dude. Dude, this is such an amazing encounter. He kicks the leg out of the chair, making his brother fall and miss the the stab. Yeah, three-legged, right. It's fucking cool, bro. Turns the chair into a three-legged topple. Yeah. Gavilar is falling. Gravity is what is what saves his brother. Yeah. And, uh, you know, he reacts so fast. The assassin plunges the thing into the table, goes over, shoves him to the ground, grabs the knife, plunge, just kills him. Yeah. And then what grabs the blade, cleans it, sits down and, and, and sits (laughs) down and has a bite. He has a proper knife to cut his meal. And he, when he gets that bite, his thought is, Oh, finally. Yeah. Like that's his, that's his thought. Finally, I have, I have a tool. Right. Dude. Politics, right? <laughs> the high storm, a monster yeah. outside. Yeah. And getting him married. None of it phased him. No. Until he got his knife. He was so focused, singularly focused on yeah. eating that pork. It is yeah. awesome. It's awesome. It's really funny. It says so much about Dalinar yeah. at this point. And of course, the guests around, it's like, okay, you just saved your brother. <laughs> and he just goes back to eating his meal. It's, it's hilarious. It's really it's, funny. It's a, it's a really fun moment. Mm-hmm. I, I don't think I'd pick it as my highlight for the whole chapter. I think I'll stick to the candle. Um, but it's, a, it's, it's close. It's, it's a close. Yeah. Um, okay, finally, good pork, he says. Toe and his sister were staring at Dalinar, a mixture of emotions of awe and terror, a few shocks spread around them, like triangles of yellow light. Thank you, Gavilar says, touching his ear from the blood that was dripping from it. Sorry about killing him. You probably wanted to question him, eh? It's no stretch to guess who sent him, Gavilar says. Sadius cursed under his breath. Our enemies grow desperate, cowardly. An assassin during a storm, and a lethe should be ashamed of such action. Mm-hmm. Pretty rich coming from him. Yeah, exactly. Again, everyone in the feast was gawking at the high table. Dalinar cut his steak again, shoving another piece into his mouth. What, he wasn't going to drink the wine he'd washed the blood into? He wasn't a barbarian. Yeah, exactly. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean... He wasn't going to drink the wine, but you, you just cleaned the blade that had this right, guy's was, blood yeah. on it. And Are now you cr- you're I'm using it. I'm not that it. crazy. Right. Yeah. Oh my God. I know I said I wanted you free to make your own choice in regard to a bride, Gavilar says, but I'll do it, Dalinar says. Eyes forward. Navani was lost to him. He needed to just storming accept that. They're timid and careful, Navani noted, dabbing at Gavilar's ear with her napkin. It might take more time to persuade them. Well, I wouldn't worry about that, Gavilar said, looking back at the 
at the corpse. Dalinar is nothing if not persuasive. Mm-hmm. Awesome chapter. chapter. It's What's so your highlight? I, I've already said a few of mine. So. Um... I I, lo- I love the moment when Dalinar uses the knife to eat his steak. Like it's just great. <laughs> it's so funny. He says, "Finally, yeah, I love that." Finally, or I like, he, didn't, he didn't say it. He thinks it. Yeah, he's like, "Finally, right? I've got I've got what I bloody well been wanting this whole chapter." My my true highlight though has to be that passage about the gargantuan thing out in the storm yeah. with the spindly legs. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think I noticed it before, and I've read this book several times. Um, yeah. I don't think I realized the, like the, the nature of what I was reading until just like this coverage. So I'm excited to hear what people have to say about it. So I think that's, I'm going to hold that as mm. my uh, alternate highlight as well, just until we find out maybe more about what, what this was. Um, and are we, are we, so we're not clear. It's a great shelf. No, I mean, like, I, like we're I not sure clear. It it's, it's a, a, a chasm fiend. I mean, I have to assume it is like, it didn't say that it was in the storm. Because I thought maybe, maybe it could be like, I thought you know, it the was storm father, but no, I think it was in the distance. So like it was far away, but in the distance, it wasn't up in the storm, like up in the clouds or anything. You know, some people see the high storms and they see the storm father's face. Well, maybe I assume that's what I thought I maybe read maybe before. It's, maybe the reason why he doesn't give it any, any further thought 31 years ago is because this is something that. Dalinar is familiar with now, right? No, or familiar like back with then. then, right? Yeah, yeah. It just seems because it seems strange. because then because then it would be you know he would see it and go okay yeah yeah yeah. Is there is there any way that it's a spren? I mean, maybe I like that's why I'm really curious to find out what this is. One of those things that, that I've you know I I it, does this Dalinar me by. Pa- does he have any powers right now? At this We've point, we've seen no. him fight. No, he hasn't. He won't get anything until he binds the uh, the Stormfather at the end of Words of Radiance. So, thirty-one years ago, he's just a dude with a shard shard blade, and he sometimes and taps then he gets into shard the thrill. blade. And plate. He, yeah, he. So, okay, so chapter twenty cords to bind mm-hmm. starts off, however, with a dangerous spice. You can be warned. To taste lightly, I would that your lesson may not be as painful as my own. Mm-hmm. So this is a continuation from the last epigraph we had. Right. I'm actually just going to flip to it right now so we can mm-hmm. read it to you. Yep. On chapter 18? Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, chapter 18. So it says, you cannot have a spice described to you, but must taste it for yourself. And then I'm guessing that, however... With a dangerous taste spice, lightly. you can be warned to taste it lightly. Yeah, so uh, uh, those two go right together. Like, I mm-hmm. I haven't noticed whether or not any of these are, like, you know, in order, but these two definitely right. sound like they're in order because they're dealing with right. the spice, right? So, No, that's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, hmm. Yeah, I still don't, I can't, I don't have anything solid with regards to who's writing it. Mm-hmm. Still don't. Yeah. Um. Now this, Kaladin says, isn't an, isn't actually that serious a wound. I, I know it looks deep, but it's often better to be cut deep by a sharp knife than to be raggedly gouged by something dull. Mm-hmm. He pressed the skin of Ken's arm together and applied the bandage to her cut. Always use clean cloth that you've boiled. Rotspren love dirty cloth. 
Infection is the real danger here. You'll spot it as red along the outsides of the wound that grows and streaks. There will be pus too. Always wash out a cut before binding it. You know what? I just, I, I think I, well, I, I'll just, I'll posit this question to you. Do, do you prefer Kaladin, the soldier, the warrior that we've seen, like leaping across the chasm? At the end of Way of Kings, like actually, that's probably my favorite moment of this whole series. Now that <laughs> you, like, I think about it, talked yourself out of it just now. You're I like... talked myself out of it because I was just about to ask you, or do you prefer Kaladin the surgeon? And and like, I think I just talked myself out of it because totally I did. It got you so were about to say I prefer me the surgeon. You're like, or do yeah. you like it when he leaps yeah. across a chasm, glowing with stormlight? Oh man, fucking yeah. so awesome! Yeah, it's so amazing. Yeah, so I. <laughs> How about this? There's a part of me that wants to love Kaladin the surgeon Absolutely. more than the soldier. Absolutely. Yeah. I I, lo- I love when he's using his talent to, you know, care for people and it, this is this is absolute heroism here. This is kickass. He's talking about keeping the the cloths clean, keeping rot spread away, like telling the patient what to expect. There's something like, very intelligent and caring about him when he's in this yeah. surgeon mode and it's different yeah. from the warrior it's different from the the wretch who yes. is sad about stuff yeah. and this like this is like his like the peaceful kaladin is the is the surgeon and there's something very lovely and very attractive about it that you mm. know you want to be you want to see him in this mode i do i do i like this form mm-hmm. oh, oh nice i like that yeah i like surgeon i like form. this form of him yeah well, it's funny how we talk about the other forms, but so many of these characters have the exact same thing going on. Right. It's it's really true. Yeah. It's a true. It's a true. Okay. Um, he pats Ken's arm and took back his knife, which had caused the offending laceration when Ken had been use, using it to cut branches off a fallen tree to get firewood. Several parchment had thought to grab metal buckets during their raid which turns out to be great because they needed it to boil all kinds of things and the water skins were going to be a lifesaver. Kaladin is joined by Saw, the parchment who had originally been his captor. Mm-hmm. This parchment was lashing a stone axe head to a branch. So you know what? Fu- I love I love this, build, the building of the hatchet. Mm-hmm. I love it. It's so good. We finally Kaladin, get the, uh, sorry, the name. We finally get the name of the person who has been his captor. The Saw. whole last mm-hmm. chapter, they were just referred to him as no. the captor. And now we get yeah. his na- the, the, their name. It's Saw. Kaladin took it from him and tested it against a log, judging how well it split the wood. You need to lash it tighter, Kaladin says. Get the leather strips wet and really pull as you wrap it. If you aren't careful, it'll fall off on you mid-swing. Saw grunted, taking back the hatchet and grumbling to himself as he undid the lashings. He eyed Kaladin. You can go check on someone else, human. We should march tonight, Kaladin says. We've been in one spot too long and break into small groups, like I said. We'll see. Look, if there's something wrong with my advice, nothing is wrong. But Saw sighed, looking up and meeting Kaladin's eyes. Where did a slave learn to give orders and strut about like a light eyes? My entire life was not spent as a slave. I hate feeling like a child, Sa says. I hate being taught things that I should already know. Most of all, I hate needing your help. 
We ran. We escaped. And now what? You leap in and start telling us what to do. We're back to following Alethi orders again. God, I love that. I love that bit. Mm-hmm. It's so good. It is. I, I can so empathize with his position. Like, like do they I, have? Well, I, I don't think I freedom? really can. But no, I, but you know what I mean. But, but, you, I, but you I, understand I it. With you what feel he's the words that he's saying at the very. I'm least. feeling the yeah. words he's saying. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I, it's got to be an insane thing to be going through. Kaladin mm-hmm. stayed silent. You know, this, staying You know what? Stay silent. Listen. Yeah, just listen. Lift, Lift would tell you that's the best thing to do. <sighs> that's you know what, what? would say. Let's just say this. It's probably uh, the best thing for a lot of us to do. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Um, I, that, I, want, yeah, I, I want you to pay ahead. attention to this next part. This, I want to okay. discuss this next little paragraph here. Okay, sure. That yellow spren isn't any better, Saw mutters. Hurry up, keep moving. She tells us we're free. Then, with the very next breath, berates us for not obeying quickly enough. What do you think about this? That's, well, that's the spren that, that Kaladin can't see. Mm-hmm. That, that Sill has been trying to that avoid. That Sill's saying is a void spren, yeah. yeah. And Sill's calling, calling it a void spren. Sill's calling it a void spren, and Sill is saying that... Um, Sorry, Syl is behaving like a windspren to try to be something yeah, less than what she is. Right, to hide from this void spren. Mm-hmm. Um, he's saying, she tells us that the, the, the yellow spren tells Hurry us up. we're free, but then in the next breath berates us for not obeying quickly enough, like we're not right. free. Right. I want you to remember going forward that these Parshmen mm-hmm. have not bonded a spren like Eshenai did at the Shattered Plains. These Parshmen were healed of themselves and were brought back connectivity and identity. That's what the Everstorm did to them. They don't have right. a spren in their gem heart to take a new form. They haven't taken a new form. They're still in the same form. They're just been healed of this um, mindlessness that they were affected of for thousands of years. So these Parshmen are Mm. acting like regular people. Right. And much like I would say, Eshenai and Venli were acting like regular people before they took that storm sprint into themselves and changed. Right. Just think, I think it's important to, to, to identify that Kaladin is trying to help them and give them advice without giving them orders but the yellow spren is telling them they're free and then can you being can mad you remind me about the red about the red spren you remember the whole thing of like clutching the chest what was that bit um well the, uh, like, I, I like, like something was to, coming in and out of there yeah you're referring to the um uh the the everstorm had these like red spren in them um venli before that, when they called that storm, found a spren that had been kind of discovered in their songs that mm-hmm. they could um, bring into themselves. Remember we found out that right. Fabriels are just, you know, uh, uh, re-engineering what um, the Parshmen are able to do, which is they have a gem heart inside them. Right. And they can 
take a spren and have the spren go inside their gem heart. And then that's how they change forms. They go from work form to war form, to storm form, to, to scholar form or whatever form it is. And they Mm -hmm. do that by bringing in different spren. The spren you bond with, the spren that you bring into your gem heart is the thing that makes you change form. And so when Eshenai was the first one to try bringing the storm spren or whatever it was into her chest, she changed and it might not have been for the best because then she forced everyone else to change. And somehow a little part of her was able to spare some of the women and children when she sent them off with food. Right. Right. Well, that's what we believe. On a whole, she was changing everyone, forcibly, forcibly changing everyone into these new red-eyed creatures known as storm. They were storm form. uh, Well, Venly, Venly wanted that to happen. Venly wanted it too. Yeah. Very much. She wanted it first, but then Eshenai is like, no, let me take the risk. So I guess that the point of me bringing this up is that. I want, I don't want you thinking that these Parshmen, saw and Ken and these people that, uh, Kaladin are helping, they yeah. haven't, they haven't taken on a new form. It's important to know that they haven't taken a spren in. They are just regular people, just like Eshenai and, um, you know, they, they were just regular people until they haven't taken on a new work form or a new war so form the, or a new, um, what's the sexy one? What's the, oh, mate form. They haven't taken on a new form. They're just in a base form right now. Alco form, I think is what it's saying. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, the, okay, so, so hang on. I know so that was a the, lot. I just. That's a lot, but, but the Parshman, um, sorry, I lost my train of thought. These Parshman the par- here. Yes. They, they are, they are without a spren form inside of them. Right. Right. They're just kind of the, like regular. Ever, so, so does that mean that, that in whatever form they were in, as they were being used as servants or slaves, let's say, um, does that mean that this Everstorm took out of them something? No, it gave back something. It was almost like humankind had lobotomized them. And this Everstorm gave And it- then the, the Everstorm seemed to heal that connection inside them so that they could kind of be more fully themselves again. Wow. That's different from taking a new yeah. form. Right. Okay. And okay. I think it's, I think it's okay. very suspicious so, that the yellow spren. So who is, yeah, this yellow spren. We don't know that. What I like about yet. the yellow spren is it seems like they have a guide. Right. So I like that aspect that they have some kind of will-o'-the-wisp sort of mm. thing mm-hmm. that's like trying to guide them. However, I became a little bit concerned about it when... When Saw is saying that, you know, that they're getting berated by them for not being quick. For not obeying quickly enough. Right. That, which leads me to think. Important, right? Which, which is kind of funny. It, it seems like, a, you know, a people that just gained freedom are now potentially being, you know, used or coerced to try to enslave them again or get them to do something once again. You know what right. I mean? Like. It definitely feels like that. Yeah. Feels like that. Yeah. Um. Interesting. Oh man. Okay. Well, are the spren the problem then? We don't know. We we the only thing we do know is that Sill is very worried about that void spren. Sill is worried about the void spren. Yeah. Okay. All right. So I I, I can't figure it out. I I'm not sure what's going on. Mm-hmm. They were surprised that Kaladin couldn't see the spren. 
They'd also mention to him the sounds they heard, these distant rhythms, almost music. Mm -hmm. Freedom is a strange word, saw, Kaladin says. These last few months, I've probably been more free than at any time since my childhood. You want to know what I did with it? I stayed in the same place, serving another High Lord. I wonder if men who use cords to bind are fools, since tradition, society, and momentum are going to tie us all down anyway. It's a pretty interesting point. Yeah, it's... Like, what did he do with, with freedom? He's just serving Dalinar. Yeah. He never right. really took could... advantage. None of the Bridgemen did. No. Him and his, him and his men could have just walked away. Mm. But it was their choice to stay, with, which is a huge difference. Right. Right, it was their choice to stay. Mm-hmm. That's, that's true. I don't have traditions, Saw says, or a society, but still my freedom is that of a leaf dropped from a tree. I just blow on the wind and pretend I'm in charge of my destiny. Now that was almost poetry, Saw. I've no idea what that is. He pulled the last lashing tight and held up the new hatchet. Kaladin buried it into the log next to him. Better. Aren't you worried, human? Teaching us to make cakes is one thing, but giving us weapons is another. A hatchet is a tool, not a weapon. Perhaps, Saw says. With, but with this same chipping and sharpening method you taught, I will eventually make a spear. You act as if a fight is inevitable. You don't think it is? Well, you have a choice, says the man with the brand on his forehead. If they're willing to do that to one of their own... What brutality awaits a bunch of thieving parchment? Mm-hmm. Saw doesn't have to come to war. You don't have to fight the humans. Perhaps, but let me ask you this. Considering what they did to me, why wouldn't I? Kaladin couldn't force out an objection. He remembered right. his own time as a slave. The frustration, the powerlessness, the anger. They would branded him with Shash because he was dangerous. Because he'd fought back. Dared he demand this man to do otherwise? It's true. Very good point. Yep. He might not fully, again, be able to understand what this guy's going through, but he's had enough experiences in his own life that he can kind of, he can get there. Yeah, it's kind of like, rather than telling them what to do, or just, you know, just listen to their, listen to their pain. Mm -hmm. Let them... I think that Kaladin is, is trying to do the right thing here. And I think that ultimately, ultimately, even though Saw is pissed because he's like, you know, you're, you're teaching us this, uh, to do this stuff, but now we're relying on you to do that stuff. And it's just I the know. cycle starts over so again. Complicated. But like if Cal teaches them how to survive and then lets them be. <sighs> right. And doesn't direct them or tell them what they have to do and they get to decide mm. on their own. That's different too, right? That's giving, letting them have ownership over their own choices. It's a so very, there's, there's, sorry, I was just going to say that it's a very, very tough position for these, these new people. And I say that because they are new people to figure out where their place is in this world. The one thing that I, I wish saw and Kaladin could, could have discussed, if you will, is rather than claim possession in this case with the Alethi. So the Alethi possess uh, the knowledge abilities for them to help them out. You know, mm-hmm. if, if it's in science, if it's in science, if it's in engineering, yeah. you know, Any whatever. Stuff, yeah. So the thing is that you cannot, nor should you try to possess information. Right. 
like knowledge knowledge has to in some way kind of it's Deep. it's kind of out there in nature to mm -hmm. be discovered yeah and it doesn't matter who discovers it it's it's you know if you discover the relationship you know between the earth and the stars and the moon like that knowledge was always there mm -hmm. It takes a it's consciousness. It's free for anyone to discover. Right. So Saad needs to change his perspective on receiving information. But the problem, I think, it runs into where Saw is worried that it's that all this stuff that Kaladin is teaching him will right. come at a cost. Okay, but that's that should be fairly clear. That's not what Kaladin's doing. Mm -hmm. Like if this I, I don't, information I was coming from a high prince or yeah. something like that, then I think maybe Saw's got a right. more le more legitimate, you know, um, case to be wor worried about it. But I mean, I still think his feelings are valid mm -hmm. for sure. Um, but but just this kind of idea about, um, you know, a lefty technology. Therefore, we sh shouldn't incorporate it or learn it um, or use it. It's kind of like no, it's bigger than that. It's just like information is just it's out there mm -hmm. and it really is it's it's completely arbitrary who discovers it right it's true they don't they don't own it no like, they don't own that information yeah no yeah it's, it's true like like information if, if you if you want to talk about you know gods that's to me that's about as godlike as you can get is understanding how things work Mm -hmm. Like understanding the the math and the science. Well, that's and the why way, probably and the, people. The physics. That's why these people see the heralds as god gods because when a desolation hits, mm -hmm. um, they come back and they're like, "Listen, you may have forgotten how things work. We're here to teach you leadership right. and how to right. make weapons and how to do this and agriculture because you may have lost all this." Right. Um. Doesn't have to come to war. Dare he demand this man to do otherwise? They'll want to enslave us again, Saw continues. We're money, lost, and a dangerous precedent. Your kind will expend a fortune figuring out what changed to give us back our minds, and they'll find a way to reverse it. They'll strip me from my sanity and set me carrying water again. Maybe. Maybe we can convince them otherwise. I, I know good men among the Alethi Light Eyes. Saw, if we talk to them, show them how you can talk and think, that you're like regular people, they'll listen. They'll agree to give you your freedom. That's how they treated your cousins on the Shattered Plains when they first met. Saw slammed the hatchet down into the wood, sending a chip fluttering into the air. And that's why we should be free now, because we're acting like you? We deserved slavery before, when we were different? It's all right to dominate us when... We won't fight back, but now it's not because we can talk? Well, I, I mean, that's why I'm angry. Thank you, for what you're Thank you for what you're showing us, but don't expect me to be happy that I need you for it. This just reinforces the belief within you, maybe even within myself, that your people should be the ones who decide upon our freedom in the first place. This is a I really know, great dude, soliloquy, or so a little great heavy. speech from Sai. Like it's oh, so man. good. It's man. amazing. Yeah, it's amazing. It's so good, and and Kaladin. I mean, you know, he catches Kaladin big time in that. What Kaladin mm -hmm. said to him was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. Um, 
yeah, like I, I almost find the whole maybe ellipsis, maybe when Kaladin speaks, it's almost like he thinks that it's not true. Right. Like yeah. that's what it's communicating. Like mm-hmm. maybe, like maybe we can convince them. It's like, well, you, yeah. you put in the ellipsis in there, buddy. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we know what that um, means. We know what that means. Um, yeah, I don't know. They'll agree to give your free if, cause you're like regular people now. Oh, that's rough bro that's harsh but again saw is teaching see saw doesn't think he has anything to give no he just did he just Mm -hmm. taught kaladin a very valuable bit of information for sure dude it's awesome this is this is a worthwhile little lesson here yeah both of these characters need to learn that mm-hmm. like saw i really wish saw had realized that that he had something to give to this alethi right or to this dark-eyed I, hang on what color of eyes are kaladins again it's, they're brown they're dark right now they're, so the dark-eyed and then yeah. he's light-eyed when he uses his stormlight when okay. he makes or he's into a, yeah. he's right okay that's why i'm angry holy jeez that's gonna be the highlight isn't it mm-hmm. like saws saws <laughs> Saw's, it it's incredible dude saw's voice basically it's saw's voice saw for the mvp here like oh geez. saw stalks off he actually leaves mm-hmm. i don't blame him sill appears from the under underbrush and settles on kaladin's shoulder i think i can sense a high storm coming she whispers what really well it's distant still a day or three i suppose i could have done this earlier but i didn't need to or no i wanted to you always had the lists What does she mean by that? Like the lists. You've always had the lists. The lists of when the high storms are supposed to to come, maybe? Right. How to protect these people from the storm. All right, because he's thinking about this. He'd have to find shelter. He would... I'm doing it again. I can't do this still. I can't spend time with these parchment and see their side. Why? Because Saw is right. This is going to come to war. The The void spread will drive the parchment into an army. And rightly so, after what was done to them, our kind will have to fight back or be destroyed. Well, then find the middle ground. Middle ground only comes in a war after lots of people have died, and only after the important people are worried that they might actually lose. Storms, I shouldn't be here. I'm starting to want to defend these people, to teach them to fight. I don't dare. The only way I can fight the Voidbringers is to pretend there's a difference between the ones I have to protect and the ones I have to kill. Holy jeez, that's that's a deep one dude. too, man. You got to pretend that there's a difference between those isn't I have that, to protect. Isn't that what all soldiers do? Dude. Convince themselves that there is a uh, a difference between you and the people right. in the battlefield. Isn't this why, um, right. like historically in World War One and Two, that both sides yeah. demonized the other and gave them horrible nicknames so that they can, you know what I mean? Like this Demonize, is it. Yeah, yeah. This Turn is it, bro. It's a this deep chapter, it. a tiny chapter that is so deep. Uh, he trudged through the underbrush and started helping tear down one of the crude tarp tents for the night's march. So he's still with them for now, but yeah. for how much yeah, he's longer? Not going, I, don't know. He pro- I mean, the storm, high storm's coming, so it would be kind of shitty of him to leave him now, but. Yeah. Oh, dude. That's a great end of the chapter. Mm-hmm. Oh, and uh, earlier when she says, well, then find middle ground. Great alternate title, yeah. I think. Mi- middle, middle ground? ground? Yeah. Yeah. It's, good, uh, it's a good one for sure. Chords to yeah. bind is pretty strong, though. 
Yeah, chords to bind is good. Mm -hmm. But middle ground, I don't know. So what, what's your Man, highlight? I don't what's, know. The highlight, tiny... well, it will cover, I mean, just reading this and discussing it with you now uh, is just so much more powerful than when I first read it. And when, when I first read it, it was already hit me pretty hard, but mm -hmm. wow. Yeah, it's got to be just, it's got to be just Saw's, you know, responses to Kaladin. His insight. Kaladin. Oh, his insight is just so... Yeah. Now, can you imagine Can you imagine having this voice be eternally, you know, silenced? Right. And then now you finally get like, to think and you have so much to feel and so much to think. Yeah. And Saw's got so much to give to... I, I think that's, that's the trick here with this little chapter is, Saw, you have a lot to offer to Kaladin mm -hmm. and to these Alethi. Yeah. You you think that it's all coming to you? How to make a hatchet? Surgeon how to stuff? How to make surgeon? Cakes, how to, yeah, all that stuff. Medicine. Yeah. It's and it's all information based. Yeah, it's all science based, physics based, understanding math. Mm -hmm. Okay, and it gets put on a pedestal. <laughs> Sorry, it reminds me of the IT crowd. A pedal stool. <laughs> um, it gets put on a pedestal and. Uh, and it's, it's just one thing. Yeah. And, it, and that's what, you know, if I had been in the room with Saw, that's what I would try to communicate to him is that, you know, it, it just doesn't matter where this information comes from. Mm -hmm. Like the fact that this, that this dark eyed ex-slave, very complicated person is with you right now and teaching you medicine and teaching you stuff, you know, that's okay. Yeah. You can take this information and run. You can take this blessing because this dark-eyed guy, is, he, he, I mean, he, he mentioned it earlier. Kaladin has the power within him to just wipe them out. Right, right. You know? But now, he stayed with them and did that. this so that he could learn something from them. And he yeah, is maybe right. not learning what he expected to learn, but he's definitely learning something from them. You know what I love about Kaladin here that we haven't talked about with his whole approach to following and, and you know, becoming a part of, of these Parshmen mm -hmm. is this is, this is like what Yasna should or would do. Right. As like of actual investigative journalism. Right. right. Don't take anything, you know, the information at hand, investigate it, find out about it. The scouting, the, you know, like just getting in know, there and, it, it and seems interviewing people in the it, trenches. It's, yeah. it's a little, it's a little more, maybe it seems like something that maybe Yasna would like have contracted Kaladin to do. Like, yeah, maybe. okay, I you're my scout, <laughs> right? Yeah. I have people for that. Yeah. Like I just like, the like Yasna doesn't necessarily need to yeah. be in the field right, doing right, it, right. but she'll pay an investigative journalist. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, right. That's funny. She's like, uh, she's like the news anchor who's taken all the different stories from all the different field agents and <laughs> yeah. 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 Good chapter. Um, great chapter. Okay. Chapter 21, set up to fail. Mm -hmm. Starts off with, I am no storyteller to entertain you with whimsical yarns. <laughs> so this isn't Hoyd then. <laughs> Well, so that's what I'm thinking, right? Like, or yeah. is it, of course, a distract, you know, is that the distracting right. component? Is it actually, is it actually uh, Hoyd? A storyteller who uh, entertains us with whimsical yarns. 
who who doesn't believe that that's what he's doing that's you're right there right, you're right like there, like yeah. like like what if what if that's not how he sees what he does right I'm, I'm not giving you a whimsical yarn these are i don't know what he would call them like um facts intrinsic intrinsically important <laughs> yeah. uh historical yeah. uh colorful retellings um yeah <laughs> colorful retellings yeah um so I was kind of pleased with it because, of course, I said, well, that's not wit. Yeah. But then I went, well, of course it is. You're, it you're to totally be. right. Because, because he would, because he would he totally wouldn't, say something like that. He would totally say something like that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Oathbringer, wit, I don't know. Yasna, the, the, I guess the three voices that make the most sense right now, it seems, mm-hmm. would be, um, would be Wit, Yasna, or, um, Dalinar. Mm-hmm. Can I, I, but let's, I, may but I let's not forget one? our new, <clears throat> may I throw yeah, another well, name into the ring? I, I was going to throw one in, but okay, you, go, you, no, you, go, you ahead. go ahead first. You go, you go first. This well, is your, your thing. No, no. I mean, th- throw one in and I'll see if it's, if it's the one I was going to I suggest. was thinking that it could be Navani. <laughs> uh, and I don't mean that in like a, let's bring up Navani so we can make jokes about the your, no. your uh, eternal hatred for her. I'm I'm bringing it up <laughs> because she's a scholar, just like her daughter, and yeah. she is very close to Ga- uh, to Dalinar, and mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It was also yeah. there during all the stuff that we are reading. You know, all the flashbacks. Yeah. So yeah. you know she she could be yeah, in there. She's, she yeah, should be. She her name be... should be mentioned as well. Who were you going to no, say? You're, well, I was I was going to say um, uh, the new character, um, Delinar's wife. Oh, Evie. Yeah, mm. it's true. Um, her and her, her and her brother. Her, we we just learned in that last chapter that her and her brother um, are going to be connected to this royal family. So they they had access to right. Yeah, to a bunch of stuff. Yeah, so we still don't know what the book Oathbringer is about, though. This is all still no, the preface, so no, we still don't even really know what the context is. That's that's true. Mm-hmm. Dalinar doesn't have Oathbringer in the flashbacks when he's doing the Blackthorn violence, right? Right. He doesn't. He doesn't. Right? Sorry, say that again. Dalinar doesn't have Oathbringer during. The Blackthorns' violence. Yes, he does because he won. That we've read about. He won Oath, or he won. He took oh, Oathbringer. That's right. He did at the end of the Rathalos fight. That's right. He did. Yeah. So that's so when now he, he has that's it. Kind of right? when the the, Rath- the, Bla- the true Blackthorn begins. Huh. Right. Because what he did to get that sword. Right. Right. Hmm. So there goes my theory. There. Okay. Hmm. Also, it could be. Oathbringer could be a food truck mm-hmm. that brings the oaths. What? Like it's just like a, it's like Oathbringer, the food truck. It's bringing you oaths mean, from one corner of Roshar to the, uh, the oaths are like, it's a specialty soup or something. I think you're getting that confused with the loaves truck. The, uh, <laughs> brings oh, bread, oh, that's Loathbringer. That's yeah, right. that's, that's loaf. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's the lemon loaf bringer. It's like a mobile is... buns master. That's what that's what it is. 
It's a mogul. It's a mobile bakery. That's right. Yeah. Okay. Um, loaf bringer. That loaf dude. I want to start a food truck now. That's loaf bringer. That's loaf so bringer. funny. And the loaf. We the sell. logo has like a curve on the end of it. The loaf of bread has a little curve. <laughs> yeah. That's so funny. loaf. Got to do it. <coughs> Bring on the loaves. Okay, yeah. let's get into this chapter here. Set up to fail. A clamorous, insistent knocking woke Shalon. So we get a Shalon chapter. And again, mm-hmm. I said it earlier, but say it again. Kind of my highlight here with these three chapters. Mm-hmm. Like we get a nice taste of all the characters. Yeah. So this this episode and reading this, preparing for this, was really fun. Because it it spanned all of the characters, yeah, for sure. So, and like you don't you well, don't really get many of the bored. Not that you ever get bored, but it's it's, no, it's no, easier never. to not get bored when you get a little bit of everything, sure. right? Yeah, no. Okay, so she she still didn't have a bed, so she slept in a heap of red hair and twisted and twisted blankets. I love that heap of her red hair. Yeah, it's just so I I don't know. There's something about the way Sanderson describes certain features of certain characters. They're just so much fun. So making her hair into a pillow or a blanket or a, you know, a support for her sleep is just <laughs> right. awesome. I yeah. love it. Adolin's annoyingly charming voice uh, was heard. Shalon, look, this time I'm going to wait to come in until you're really sure I should. <laughs> it's a little callback to the last so time that he came this, calling for her. <laughs> there's this <laughs> yeah. persistent, persistent knocking. So is this a bit Sheldon? Do you think? Uh... Is this... Is this knock, 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 Shalon? Uh, maybe. Maybe. He's definitely not. Maybe. You know I mean, he would be a real psycho if he was knocking with both hands. Remember when? <laughs> yeah. What? Remember oh, when they said that in the last chapter? Knock, knock, The last yeah, one? Yeah. With the two hands? Knocking with two hands. Yeah. Wow. That is something that we have to try before we die. Yeah. I'm going to, next time um, I knock on a door, it's going to be both hands. Both hands. But it's going to be like <laughs> alternating, like just rap, 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 yeah. rap, 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 <laughs> Um... So this time he's going to wait until she's really sure because last time it, I think he basically barged in on her when she was partly right. naked or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, no, her safe um, she wasn't naked. Her safe hand oh. was exposed. That's what she her was, safe hand yeah. was exposed. Okay. And she was wearing right. her like underwear, but like we just like we talked about before, okay. her underwear pretty much covered everything up, so it's not like she was naked. Uh, I see. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Wait, Stormfather. She'd spent the night out as Vale, then slept to the afternoon. She groaned, tossing off sweaty blankets, and lay there in just her shift, head pounding. There was an empty jug of horn-eater white in the corner. Mm-hmm. Shalon, Adolin says, are you decent? Depends, she says. On the context, I'm decent at sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> She's so funny. Yeah. What had gotten into her, she asks. Tossing around the symbol of the ghost bloods, drinking herself silly, stabbing a man in front of a gang of armed thugs. Yeah. What did get into you? Well, it's not really what got into her. It's what got out of her. Right. Veil. Truly Veil got out of her. Yeah. Yeah, I know. She wasn't wearing Veil's face and hoping that no one would notice all the discrepancies. She had fully become Veil. Voice and all. I know. Right. So what had gotten into her? Yeah. (laughs) What came out of her? Yeah. Vale, Vale did this. Um, Shalon, Aelin says, I'm going to, I'm going to peek in. Polona says you've been in here all day. She yelped, sitting up, grabbing the bedding. When he looked, he found her bundled there, a frizzy haired, frizzy haired head protruding from blankets. That's cute. 
Mm-hmm. He looked perfect, of course. Aidlin could look perfect after a storm, six hours of fighting in a bath in creme water. It's an annoying man. How did he make his hair so adorable, messy in just the right way? <laughs> Polona said you weren't feeling well, Aidlin says. Blarg, she says. Is it, um, girl stuff? Girl stuff, she said flatly. Yeah. You, you know when you, uh, you know. I'm aware of the biology, Aidlin, thank you. Why is it that every time a woman is feeling a little odd, men are so quick to blame her cycle, as if she's suddenly unable to control herself because she has some pains? Nobody thinks that for men. Oh, stay away from Venar today. He sparred too much yesterday, so his muscles are sore and he's likely to rip your head off. <laughs> so it's our fault, Adolin says. Yes, like everything else. War, famine, bad hair. Wait, <laughs> bad hair? Okay, that wait, bad hair moment yeah. was totally a... Who's scruffy looking? <laughs> yeah, right. You're it totally right. was a total yeah. Han Solo. Who's yeah, scruffy looking? you're right. Um, Shalon blew a lock of it out of her eyes, loud, stubborn, oblivious to our attempts to fix it. The Almighty gave us messy hair to prepare us for living with men. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Adolin brought in a small pot of warm wash water. Bless him, she thinks. And Polona, who had probably sent it with him. Damnation, her hand ached and her head. So she was using Stormlight to try to fix the hand. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it was completely healed, though. Complete, no, it says it's not. Fix the hand. Mm-hmm. Yeah, not not quite. Adolin set some water down. So what's wrong, he asks. Girl stuff, she lied. I love that. Yeah, girl stuff. After yeah. all of that. Yeah. You know, <laughs> why is it that every time you assume this and then he's like, well, then what's wrong then? Girl stuff. Yeah. It's perfect. Like, it's such a perfect, so perfect dialogue. Yeah, it's awesome. Yeah. See, I don't think men would blame your cycle nearly as much if you all didn't do the same. I've courted my share of women, and I once kept track. Dealey was once sick for womanly reasons four times in the same month. We're very mysterious creatures, she says. Uh, mysterious creatures, probably my alternate title. Yeah. Um, I'll say he lifts up the jug and gives it a sniff. Is this horn eater white? He looked to her. Seemingly, he seemed shocked. I got a little carried away, she grumbles, doing investigations about your murderer. In a place serving Horneater moonshine? It was the back alley of the breakaway. Nasty place, but good booze, though. Shalon, you went alone? That's not safe. Adeline, dear, I could literally survive being stabbed with a sword through the chest. I think I'll be fine with some ruffians in the market. Oh, right. It's kind of easy to forget. He frowns. It sort of is easy to forget, right? Yeah. It'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. See, she's totally safe. (laughs) Like. (laughs) You are radiant after all. Right. So wait, you could survive all kinds of nasty murder, but you still get menstrual cramps? Yeah. Mother cultivation can be hateful. I'm an all-powerful shardblade-wielding pseudo-immortal, but nature still sends a friendly reminder every now and then to tell me I should be getting around to having children. <laughs> yeah. I love that. Yeah. That's just so perfect. And then patterns like all, no mating. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah, no, the next thing, no mating, because she brings up... Yeah, having children, <laughs> yeah. Having children. Yeah. No mating. Oh, my gosh. It's so funny. When I first read that, I thought of... I tried to imagine what it's going to be like to see this either in animation or in some kind of form. Mm-hmm. 
um, these interjections from pattern like coming into the screen and and no just no, no no mating no mating <laughs> like what what's the voice actually going to be like? Um, I picture it kind of buzzy like like oh yeah, there's definitely a buzz to it like kind of digital or distorted mm. or yeah. Um, menstrual cramps, children, no mating, but I shouldn't be blaming yesterday on that. Shalon says, my time isn't for another few weeks. Yesterday was more about psychology than it was about biology. Adolin sets the jug down and says, yeah, well, you might want to uh, watch out for the horn eater wines. It's not so bad, she says. I can burn away the intoxication with a little stormlight. Speaking of which, you don't have any spheres on you, do you? I seem to have, um, eaten all of mine. Uh, I have one, actually. A single sphere. Father lent it to me. I could stop carrying a lantern. Oh, so I could stop carrying a lantern everywhere in these halls. Again, there it is with the anti-candle, anti-lantern. Yeah. I, I think he's got like like a badge on both of his arms that's like got the, the red symbol of the lantern. <laughs> like there's a lit candle with a... Like, no a, candles. Uh, a... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, you're right. You're right. And the lantern. Um... Okay, so she she tried to bat her eyelashes at him. He rolled his eyes and handed over a single ruby mark. Okay, so just a little pause, total aside here. Bat for lashes, if anybody's uh, heard this artist, check it, ch- check her out. She's amazing. Is that that's the name of the artist? Bat for lashes. Yeah, bat for lashes. Yeah, hmm. yeah. Cool. Unbe- unbelievable artist. Unbelievable voice. Check it out. Handed over a single ruby mark. There we go. She sucked in the light hungrily she held her breath so it wouldn't puff out when she breathed and suppressed the light so could sorry she could do that she found that's awesome yeah that she can do that suppressing the light to prevent herself from glowing or drawing attention she'd done that as a child hadn't she well she she would have had to have right yeah because if she did not be revealed right she would have people would have seen her glowing all the time because we learn now that in her past she was doing this this stuff Mm -hmm. you know like that's why patterns like yeah you you're already you already spoke some ideals yeah you already spoke spoke some truths like you Uh, just forgot little girl you're glowing like a glow worm am i (laughs) you you look like a glow worm (laughs) remember those things yeah i love glow worms (laughs) glow worms her hand slowly re-knit. Oh, you know what? I like that it's re-knit. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know why. I, I just... Yeah, it's cool. It's a, it's, her it's, hand it's a nice re-knit. way of putting it. Um, Aelin was left with a done sphere. You know, when my father explained that good relationships required investment, I don't think this is what he meant. <laughs> yeah, because he lost out on a ruby. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> um, what was it? A ruby brome? Yeah. Uh, hang on. Yeah. Mm, Shalon says, mark. closing her so eyes. A ruby smaller mark. Than, smaller than a bro. Yeah. Right. Also, Adolin says, we have the strangest conversations. <laughs> well, it feels natural to have them with you, though. I think that's the oddest part, he says. Well, you want to start being more careful with your stormlight. Father mentioned he was trying to get you more infused spheres for practice, but there just aren't any. What about Haytham's people? They left out lots of spheres in the last high storm. She did the math, thinking about the storm, and found herself stunned. It had been weeks since the unexpected high storm where she'd first worked the oath gate. She looked at the spheres between Adolin's fingers. 
those should all have gone done by now. Even the ones renewed most recently. How did they have any stormlight at all? Yeah. It's a very good question that I want to ask you about. Yeah, I, I would like I to know the answer to that too. Do you, do you genuinely not know or... Actually, I, I suppose you can't, you I can't mean, even answer I genuinely that. don't want to tell you <laughs> the answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, well, that's something that I wanted to ask you about, mm-hmm. but I didn't come up with anything that makes sense. The only things that I'm trying to think about is this new storm. Right. Can, can, can we get our terms right? Like this, this new storm is, is, the, Everstorm. Everst- is the Everstorm, right. right? All the other, other the, storms are high storms. Are high storms. Right. Okay. So high storms energize spheres with stormlight mm-hmm. and that lasts for a while it lasts for a very predetermined amount of time like they know that these spheres okay. are going to be infused with stormlight for a certain amount of time and it never right. changes which is why the fact that these spheres having lasted this long is curious right. because they shouldn't have they should have run out already so the Everstorm mm-hmm. is infusing the spheres mm-hmm. and it's No, permanent. no, no. The Everstorm is not infusing spheres. Well, then what's the, what's the variable? What's the dynamic change? The difference you is put, that if you put out, one has stormlight in it and yeah. the other does not. Yeah, I know. But if you didn't have the spheres put out into a, an Everstorm and they were put in out during a high storm, mm-hmm. then what's the difference? We don't know. Why you is don't, it you don't know. You don't know that yet. So basically a high storms, so basically the variable is that the high storms now are charging them permanently. Um, I mean, is that, I don't that's think that's your answer. I don't think that's your answer to your questions. High storms have always infused spheres mm-hmm. um, uh, um, for a certain amount of time. Let's say it's a week and a half. Let's say it's eight days okay. or whatever. Yep. Just as, sure. a, as a number. Yeah. Um, she says it's been weeks since that last high storm that Haytham put his spheres out. And that's what they've been right. kind of using is those, that reservoir spheres. And it's been way longer than the normal amount of time right. that an infused sphere should last. So right. she's asking so- the question... How these all should have gone done by now, even the ones renewed most recently, how did they have any stormlight left at all? So, right. So what I'm saying is the, the, the last high storm, right. The one that the Stormfather char- sent to cleanse the battlefield. Oh, okay. It so wasn't that a, could be a little different then. It could be. Ah, it was so not storm... a, it was not a scheduled high storm that the storm wardens know about that right. rolls in every you're couple of weeks right. or whatever. That's what I'm not. This you're, one was right. not scheduled. The storm father was like, the only thing I can do for you is to end this quickly and I'll send a high storm. And right. then those two storms collided. Collided. Right. right. Okay. Now I get it. So that is the variable. It could be. Well. It is one of the things that are different about how things normally go. So, well, if the high storm that was sent by the Stormfather met and collided with the Everstorm, 
could that meeting of the storms have changed the nature of the storms? The, um, the collision of both storms happened out in the middle of the Shattered Plains. Shattered Plains, At Narak, yeah. And Haytham put out his spheres in the war right. camps away from it. So when those two storms uh, eventually split, that's right. the storm, that, that high storm that split off from that collision is the storm that Haytham put his spheres out into. So whether it is... Um, a different kind of high storm because the storm, storm father had to create it out of like a, out right. of like just new or whatever, yeah. or it or somehow got be... supercharged because of its collision with the, um, with, with the, the ever storm, or right. there might be another unknown factor that, um, that, we're, that we just don't know right now that could be affecting these spheres. Um, all of these could be viable things for you to think about. Cool. All right. I'll just continue uh, wondering then. Thanks. Well, I mean, uh, I can't tell you. <laughs> you know what I mean? There. Thanks, Mr. Host. Well. <laughs> okay. I'll just keep wondering. All okay. right. She had a lady, a lady's maid named Mari, but she kept sending her away. This, this is Shalon. Um, she didn't want the woman discovering that she was sneaking out or changing faces. Yeah. There's so many things for her to cover, like being a light eyed woman. You've got a, um, an, an attendant basically at your beck and call, but you can't have her involved in what you're doing. Mm -hmm. She can't see that you're becoming veils, sneaking out all hours, this sort of thing. It's going to get reported. <clears throat> so that I thought was kind of neat. Um, the water didn't seem to have any sense or soap supplied to it. So Shalon raised the small basin and then took a long slurping drink and Adolin jokes. I washed my feet in that. No, you didn't, she says, smacking her lips. Anyway, thanks for dragging me out of bed. Well, he says, I have selfish reasons. I'm kind of hoping for some moral support. Mm -hmm. Don't hit the message too hard. If you want someone to believe what you're telling them, come to your point gradually so they're with you the entire time. He cocks his head. Oh, not that kind of moral, <laughs> as Shalant says. <laughs> Talking to you can be weird sometimes. Sorry, sorry, I'll be good. I love that line. Talking what, to sorry, you sorry, I'll be good. No, talking to sometimes. you can be weird yeah. sometimes. It's so funny. She is. She's totally quirky. It's one of my favorite things. About like her. I've had my wife say that to me <clears throat> before. What? Talking um, to you is weird. Oh yeah, she's told me we, like, oh, you're so weird. Like just the other day, and I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna like embarrass myself here. Yeah. But no, do it. Um, do it. We do were it. listening to the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, and um, <laughs> Mary Clayton yes like came on. You know, yeah. the, uh, um, and I say, yes, I thought about yeah. love and it feels so, so I was doing laundry yeah. and I had that song stuck in my head. Yeah. And then yeah. for some reason I, I do, you weird, living lyrics? I, do I do weird uh, voices sometimes that don't really, yeah. aren't necessarily funny. It's just weird for me. Yeah. And I started doing like a high pitched Bane while singing like Bane from the Bane Dark Knight, from Batman? Yeah, Bane from the Dark Knight Rises, but like a really high pitched <laughs> version. So I was all Ooh. but I was singing this, <laughs> the lyrics from like? from uh, Mary Clayton's uh yes. <laughs> so I was all like, Yes <laughs> It feels so right <laughs> I don't know why I was doing it. And I did it for like high forty minutes, dude. Pain. Like I couldn't stop it. Like once I got going, I just couldn't get out of it. And my wife's like, Well, you're so weird. What are you doing? I'm like, I don't even what know are you anymore. Doing? Like I don't even know. Are you know kidding? Now we know we want Castrato Bane in uh, in <laughs> That's DC. What we want, what we yeah. really want. It's the dirty dancing version of Dark Knight Dark Knight Rises. 
<laughs> that's funny. Yeah. That's really funny. So I, um, I, I can understand uh, Shalon's plight to you here is with weird. being weird. Yeah. Right. Talking to you is weird. Well, talk, well, I can give you a little example. Recently in work, I was telling uh, this um, this crew to go over and take care of um, this client's uh, pyramidal English oaks. And I, because the branches at the top of the tree were, were leaning out and they wanted them more pyramidal. Mm-hmm. So I just sent a note to the crew, please, please take care of this issue. And I said that the, that Mr. and Mrs. Uh, uh, McLeanertons were, were, were cohabiting the, the tree, like we're, we're in the tree. So we have to get the, uh, the McLeanertons the, out of there, <laughs> the McLeanertons out of there. Right. And the crew wrote back, I, I don't know what that is like I, I, <laughs> Wait, I they don't didn't get what, the joke I, yeah so, so they thought mcleanertons was some kind of horticultural um like lingo or something to that effect and i'm like so i had to like go through a deep dive to try to explain the use of mr mcleanerton and and the mcleanertons in the tree and that it meant the leaning branches that maybe, I was trying to address. Maybe but. George Lucas created the McLeanertons <laughs> as a way to explain the force inside trees. Yeah. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. Anyways, um, talking to you is weird. Sure. Talking to you can be weird too, but you know what? It's a delight, Sean. It's a delight. Mm. Sorry, sorry. I'll be good. Uh, Aylin takes a deep breath. My father finally persuaded Ayla Sadius to speak with, um, persuaded ILA Sadius to speak with me. Father hopes she'll have some clues about her husband's death. Mm-hmm. You sound less optimistic. I don't like her, Shalon. She's strange. Shalon opens her mouth, but he cut her off. Not strange like you, strange, like bad strange. She's always weighing everything and everyone she meets. She's never treated me as anything other than a child. Will you go with me? Sure. How much time do I have? How much time do you need? A lot, she says. <laughs> Frizzy hair. Um, then we'll be late, Adolin says. It's not like her opinion of, of me couldn't get any worse. Meet me at Sabariel's sitting room. Father wants me to take some reports from him on commerce. Tell him the booze in the market is good. Sure, Adolin glances again at the empty jug of horn eater white, then shook his head and left. That's awesome. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. I like that he wants her to come with him. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think there's another reason? Well, that that <laughs> was that was my thought. Is like, okay, yes, there's Adolin and Shalon, the budding mm-hmm. couple, the budding romance, yep. the betrothal. Mm-hmm. Yes, there's that. Mm-hmm. Is there another reason that Adolin could want Shalon to be there? There's. I mean, there's two reasons. One is the real reason, and the other one's the funny one. Um, the funny reason okay. is that Adolin cannot do any kind of investigating without being on a date. That's We know this from him. Like, he just loves <laughs> to combine <laughs> investigating and dating. Investigating and, and dating. He's investigating. That's what he's, he's doing. I was just Were about to, to say it. Uh, yes. Yeah, bro. You know what? You beat you me know, to I'm it. really happy that I got there first. Investigating. Because I'm sort of jealous <laughs> that I didn't get to Loafbringer early, uh, like earlier than you did earlier. So I'm really glad that I got to investigating before you did. Investigating. Uh, I feel like we're evens now. Um, but the, I think the real reason is that, I mean, we know Adolin killed Eli's husband. Yeah. So I think he, I know. he needs like a buffer there. He needs someone to be there with yeah. him because he's fucking worried and nervous about it. 
He should be, but yes. I, I mean, I, I gotta say, cucumber salad, this guy. This guy's crazy. Cucumber salad? I mean, well, he's co- cool as a cucumber. Oh, salad, right. Whatever. Right. Whatever. Yeah, I got it. Cool as a cucumber. <laughs> you know, it. Mr. McLeanerton. And the, you know. <laughs> it's the okay. McLeanertons, yeah. <laughs> Joe and Mary Leanertons. Joe, yeah, right. Um, okay, so, yeah, like, I agree with you on all that. I, I think a part of it is, you know, it's Shalon, budding romance. Uh, mm-hmm. Come with me. You're absolutely right with the investigating. Yes. 100%. He's totally investigating. I, I was wondering if it's like, well... Things could get heavy, heavier in this thing with her. And mm-hmm. I, and do I want a radiant with me? Right. That's very possible. That's a do very I want possible a radi- thing. Do I want a radiant with me? In addition, do you think Adolin knows anything about Vale, the Ghostbloods, Shalon? Is there any, do you think Adolin is completely in the dark of all that? Um... I, th- I I think so. As far as we know but, right now <clears throat> in this part of the story, Adolin has yeah. not given any evidence anything. of knowing no. anything. And Shalon's no, done true. a really good okay. job of separating Adolin from all that. Yep, she has. Yep, okay. But she's going to have a that... really hard time do, uh, separating him from it by the end of this chapter. Oh, I know. Right. Considering what we get. Yeah. And then that was another part of me, like I was thinking, wow, like... So this character shows up at the end of this, Marais. Mm-hmm. Marais, yeah. Um, one of our favorites. So, what's that? One of our favorites. One of our favorites. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, did, does Adolin know this in advance? No. I don't think he knows. I mean, no. truthfully, the real no. evidence to this is yeah. going to be not this chapter, but the yep. next chapter we read when yeah. they have to talk to Ile in front of Marais. If so Adolin, we get that chapter next. Well, I mean, it's uh, they're not gonna they're not gonna have no, that no, meeting. No, no, I know, page, I know that, but but it's sure. not the next chapter. But when that happens, yeah, yeah, when that okay. scene happens, that mm-hmm. should give us a good idea of how much Adolin knows. Right, right. Why don't you tell us about that scene right now? Well, I Have will you? tell you in the future <laughs> when you, after you've read it. Okay. Um, okay, so we get a um, a scene change here. Mm-hmm. Um, an hour later. Shalon presenting herself. She's bathed, makeup is done, hair somewhat under control, and she's in Sabariel's sitting room. Everyone was out on the wide balcony. Adlin stood by the railing. Sabariel, Polona lay on cots, getting massages. A flight of horn eater servants massaged, tended cold. Br- <laughs> you almost did it. Okay. I almost did it yeah, again. You almost Every did time it. I- uh, tended coal braziers. Braziers. Yeah, braziers. Yep. Stood dutifully with warmed wine and other conveniences. I just love the way these these two live. Mm-hmm. Lying out on cots, getting massages. Dude, they're the best. Sabariel and Polona living it up. Yeah. They are, they're the best. Yeah. Um, how is it, Shalon says, that I am still sleeping on a floor while you have cots right here? Sabariel says, are you a high prince? Isn't that great? Yeah. Are you a high prince? He says, not even opening his eyes. No. I love this. <laughs> no. Getting the massage. She says, no, I'm a knight radiant, which I should think is higher. I see, he says, the groaning in pleasure at the masseuse's touch. And so you can pay to have a cot carried in from the war camps, or do you still rely on the stipend I gave you? 
a stipend, I'll add, that that was supposed to pay for your help as a scribe for my accounts, something I haven't seen in weeks. So he's still giving it to her because he says, yeah. a sti- uh, like a, a stipend I give you. He's still right. giving her that stuff. He's still getting right. paid from his, uh, she's still getting paid yeah. from his household and he, right. she stopped doing any work. <laughs> well, well, and then Polona in, comes in here to basically say why. She yeah. says, well, she did save the world, Turi. Now, Turi Sabariel, is that his first name? I think so. Is that the first time we get it? I think so. Unless Polona already said it in Words of Radiance when she was talking to him. Before. Yeah, we're pretty good at noting those little things. We're pretty things, good. But... We're, I mean, we are, you know, <laughs> pretty, pretty good. good. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, you know, uh, uh, careful if we're going to, uh, careful you know, there. Compliment ourselves too much. We're going to make ourselves yeah. the highlight again. And I won't, I know I won't fit out of my house. <laughs> <clears throat> my head will be a little too big. There you go. McLeanerton. Um, <laughs> see, <laughs> Turi. Yeah, I, 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 I like that. Uh-huh. If that's the first time we, we, we did get it in yeah. the series, that's great. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. See, I don't think she saved it so much as delayed it. (laughs) It's destruction. It's a mess out there, my dear. I love that response from him. He's like, yeah, you could look at it that way, but how about this? Yeah. It's the world's Um, still done for. She just delayed it. Well, it's just spoken like a, like a, he, he reminds me of like a, the way he responds here is like a, like a CEO. Mm Mm-hmm would respond to like, you know, your, your, uh, a fellow, uh, a fellow, um, director is getting lauded for some accomplishment or something. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, actually, you know, there's, there's this way to look at it. Like, right. so, so keep, so it, keep working. Don't on give it. him too much praise. Yeah. Right. Right. <clears throat> Nearby the head masseuse, a large horn eater woman, red hair, pale skin, ordered a round of heated stones for Sabariel. Most of the servants were probably her family. Horn eaters did like to be in business together. You know what? Little paragraph here, but man, I loved it. Mm-hmm. The stones, it just describes the the massage component, what's mm-hmm. going on with the heated stones, and uh, reminding us that horn eaters like to go in business together. Yeah, they do. I'm hoping that comes up again. Keep it in the family. Keep it in the family. I will note, Sabariel says, that this desolation of yours is going to undermine years of my business planning. You can't possibly be- blame me for that, Shalon says. This your, des- your desolation? Right. Yeah, this desolation of yours. It's like she... It's not like I'm ordering a desolation today. It seems <laughs> yeah. that you are intrinsically involved here, Miss Radiant. Yeah, he's comparing it like it's a party. Like, you know, your uh, your birthday party here is going to cost me a lot. Your desolation yeah. is going to cost me a lot your of money desolation. here. desolation. Yeah. Yeah. You know that rave you keep going back to uh, over and over? 16 is going to yeah. be very yeah. pricey. <laughs> Um, you can't possibly blame me for that. Well, you did chase me out of the war camps, even though they survived quite well. The remnants of those domes shielded them from the West. The big problem was the Parshman, but those have all cleared out now, marching toward Althkar. So I plan to go back and reclaim my land before, before others seize it. He opens his eyes and glances at Shalon. The young prince didn't want to hear that. He worries I will stretch our forces too thin, but those war camps are going to be vital for trade. We can't leave them completely to Thanadol and Vama. This is a really good point. I think it was brought up before, too, <laughs> when they talked about the farming uh, and the food. Um, Urithiru mm-hmm. is not capable of sustaining itself by itself just yet. 
No. Right? Because they, they haven't really unlocked its secrets. Shalon said there are these terraces that look like maybe gardens can grow. And mm-hmm. like, but yep. they're, so they, they just, they have potentially in the future the <clears throat> ability to do these things. They just haven't unlocked how to do them yet. And so they still need the war camps to be active. So whenever we're told. And the Oath Gates operational. Right, exactly. And and when we're told that there's this mass, you know, exodus of the uh, um, war camps into Urithiru, all these high princes come and there's some yep. that stay behind. It right. m- makes sense for some to stay behind because those areas are still needed to, you know, to grow food and, and all this stuff, right? So. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. 100%. Mm-hmm. Again, what what I love about Sabaril here is <clears throat> despite Urithiru's hopes. Mm-hmm. Of that place, there is a larger world here and he's not going to leave it behind. Right. Right. He's not going to put it all into Urethiru. Mm-hmm. It's true. Um, and I think that's an important thing probably to think about for this, for this story is that, you know, like it's, it's okay to put everything into Urethiru in one way. It's, it's, it's interesting to be curious about it, unlock its secrets, but. To put all your eggs in that basket, I don't think is wise. Yeah, a basket that Sabaril you don't really here, know anything about. <clears throat> right. Right. I think Sabaril here is showing great wisdom in this. Yeah, some foresight. This, uh, yeah, I like that too. I think so. Um, you're a good radiant, Sabaril told her. And get those other oath gates working. Oh, sorry, you be a good radiant, he says, and get those other oath gates working. I've prepared quite the scheme for taxing passage through them. <laughs> Callous, she says. Not callous, necessary, he says. The only way to survive in these mountains will be to tax the oath, ga- the oath gates, and Dalinar knows it. He put me in charge of commerce. Life doesn't stop for a war, child. Everyone will need new shoes and baskets and clothing and wine. And we need massages, Polona added. Lots of them. If we're going to have to live in this frozen wasteland... Oh, I love what she brings that up. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's great. Yeah. Um, you two are hopeless, she says. She snaps, walking across the sunlit balcony. Hey, are you, are you ready? She says to Adolin. Mm-hmm. Sure. She and Adolin struck out through the hallways. Each of the eight High Princeton's armies in residence at the tower had been granted a quarter of the second or third level, with a few barracks on the first, leaving most of that level reserved for markets and storage. Of course, not even the first level had been completely explored. I, I, there's something about that that I think is really cool. Mm-hmm. Just that, and I, I hope they get to it in this book, right. really, to be honest, is like they keep mentioning how much of Urethiru they have not explored. Mm-hmm. Well, we, well, we've talked about, uh, about how big it is already, right? So, yeah. Like it's, yeah. it's like, you know, they've only been here a few weeks, they said. So, yeah. you know, it's, it's such untapped potential. That's how I see Urethiru right now. Right. There's so much right. to discover. It's so crazy. It reminds me of the Tower of Babel, this whole thing, like mm-hmm. the, like the efforts of, you know, in the, the biblical story to, I guess, to uh, have a technological wonder that goes up to the heavens. The gods, or, yeah. You know, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. you know, it's sort of a similar gesture of, you know, creating the Titanic and mm-hmm. saying that not even God could sink or sort of thing. Yeah. Um, the, but Earth Hero kind of reminds me of, of that sort of idea. Mm-hmm. In a way, um, exploration on the upper levels had been completely halted as they no longer had stormlight to spare in working the lifts. Yeah. Without the lifts operational, kind of hard to get around. Right. And because they're hurting so bad for stormlight right now. 
Yeah. Yep. <clears throat> okay. Um, they get to the uh, the guards' checkpoint, and uh, the soldiers nodded to Adolin but didn't salute him. Though one did bark an order to two men playing cards in a nearby room, the fellow stood up, and Shalon was startled to recognize them: Gaz and Vatha. Mm-hmm. This is awesome. This whole part is my highlight. Oh yeah, yeah. Thought we'd take uh, we'd take your guards today. Adolin says, "My guards, right?" Shalon had a group of soldiers made up of de- of deserters and despicable murderers. She didn't mind that part, being sorry, being a despicable murderer herself. Oh, hmm. she's like the leader there. of despicable murderers. Well, actually, and that might be a little clue right there. Now, of course, that could be referencing her, the death of her parents. Right. It could potentially be referencing something else. Are you talking about like the copycat murders? Copycat murders. Uh, the I, You know how I've been concerned about this idea that <clears throat> that Shalon may not be the Shalon that we know. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. So, and I know that that's not a solid theory. There's lots of holes in it because mm-hmm. of the corroboration of the story, but, yeah. but I do, th- I, I won't be able to stop thinking about it until there's more that makes, that brings me onto, uh, I guess, more comfortable ground. I think you so, need, you need more than just <coughs> pattern telling Shalon your brothers are real. There are, there are, okay. I need more than that. You need more yeah. than that. You need actual concrete I do. proof right now. Well, so. cause, cause isn't pattern all about the lies? He's, Yes, but not, uh, but I mean, he loves them. They're delicious to him. Yes, but I don't, but I don't, if you went back and read these, these book and a book and a quarter, book and a 10th or whatever it is that we've read so far, two books and a 10th, you would probably find very little times that pattern himself has lied. Has lied. You're right. Right. Okay. But he's fascinated by them, but doesn't. I understand your trepidation of this whole thing. And I actually welcome it because it makes for fucking awesome podcasting. So keep being paranoid. (laughs) <laughs> uh, despicable murder. I mean, she could look at herself as despicable for the story of the murders of her mom and dad. Mm-hmm. She she can look at herself that way if for she sure. wants to. But let's say the real character's Vale, and we don't know what Vale's capable of and right. what Vale has done. Mm-hmm. If that's the case, then this reference to being a despicable murderer could be something else entirely. We know, though... We know from words <clears throat> that Shalon created Vale. I know. You know, um, yeah, I know. many different copies of drawings that she did until she was able yep. to get it properly. Uh, get right. it right. The hat she wears is, is, um, well, is the, ha- the outfit hat. Can, like, you know what I mean? I like, know, it's the, just. Well, the outfit can change. Like, well, I guess in my theory, then in my head, it could be that the process of drawing that person was just bringing it back out again. It's possible too. Anyways, whatever. We can we can put holes in my theories. That's fine. I don't mind. Um, the soldiers uh, nodded to Adolin, but didn't salute him. These soldiers are part of uh, Sadius's. No, these uh, soldiers are Gaz and Vatha. Oh, sorry. Yeah, that's right. Gaz and Vatha. They're they're Shalon's like honor guard. As as he's going to try to explain right. to her soon here. Right. This part here I love. She's like, I, she didn't mind that part being a despicable murderer herself, but she also had no idea to, what to do with them. 
Right. She only recruited them out of survival necessity out on the Frostlands. Out on the Frostlands. And now she's got these people she has no idea what to do with. Right. Right. They saluted her lazily. Vatha tall and scruffy. Gaz short with a single brown eye. The other socket covered by a patch. Adeland obviously already briefed them and Vatha sauntered out to guard them in the front while Gaz lingered behind. Hoping they were far enough away from not to hear, Shalon took Adeline by the arm. Do we, do we need these guards? Of course we do. Why? You're a shard bearer and I'm a radiant. I think we'll be fine. Shalon, being guarded isn't always about safety. It's about prestige. It's about appearances. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's about Yasna. Mm-hmm. Illusion, Yasna uh, not... illusion is perception, right? Right. So I'm kind of surprised at Shalon there. She didn't remem- remember, a, like, that's definitely a Yasna lesson. Right. Like, and all, you want the Adeline, guards. As as awesome as Shalon is, there are holes in her, in her um, knowledge of how things should go. And, and Adolin, mm-hmm. this is my hi- highlight here. Adolin mm-hmm. is going to teach her a really important lesson here about mm-hmm. managing the people who follow you. Uh, he's going to teach her a lesson right. about being a leader. Right. right. About the importance of that. Mm-hmm. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, you're right because she's very dismissive. You know, you're a shard bearer. I'm a radiant. And she's kind of a That's lone wolf we... too, right? She doesn't really need yeah. people around. Yeah. So the fact that she we've has people keep... around and she's neglecting them is, is a hole here that Adolin's like, you got to do something with these people. We've got to get her and Lyft together. They've got to meet because they're both little lone wolves. Yeah. A little pack yeah. of two. Yeah. A little pack of two. Maybe it'd be good to <laughs> yeah, get like those that. two together. They could be like Twix. Yeah, <laughs> Twix. Uh, uh, I've got plenty. Prestige is practically leaking from my nose these days, Adolin. Well, that's not what I meant, Adolin says. This is for them. You don't need guards, maybe, but you do need an honor guard. Men to be honored by their position. It's part of the rules we play by. You get to be someone important and they get to share in it. What, by being useless? No, by being part of what you're doing. Storms, I forget how new you are to all this. What have you been doing? Sorry. Yeah. What have you been doing with these men? Well, letting them be mostly. What of when you need them? Well, I don't know that I will. He says, you will. Shalon, you're their commander. Mm -hmm. Maybe not their military commander as they're a civil guard, but it amounts to the same thing. Leave them idle, make them assume they're inconsequential and you'll ruin them. Give them something important to do instead, work they'll be proud of, and they'll, they'll serve you with honor. A failed soldier is often one that has been failed. Wow. I, I love I, that, dude. I love that dude, so much. Like, yeah, that you're line, right. It's yeah. so good. I, I, I'm actually kind of curious if we have any military personnel who listen to the show and mm, how mm. they feel about this specifically the line a failed soldier a soldier is often one that has been failed i'm i'm right. curious how they like i'm not a military person at all but no. i can understand that concept and i'm curious <clears throat> about um people who are in the military and our military you know a lot of people who are in the military are you know like second third generation military people and it runs through their sure. their, their veins and stuff and and I'm curious yeah. about this statement here from Adolin and the the respect of a commander and the people he commands or th- that they command and and I I if you have any thoughts or comments on this please reach out to any of the socials we'll mention at the end of the the episode i'd love to get uh, people's take and read on this because it 
It's one of my favorite parts of this and one of my favorite parts of Adolin. Because he's a leader, yeah, he's absolutely. a light eyes, but he's very conscious of the people that he is the commander of. You know what I yeah. mean? And I think this might make him a really good leader. What really um, st- struck with me about that, about him saying that, uh, I've got my notes here, uh, it could have come from Kaladin. Like that, that is an observation that I would expect Kaladin to have said or would say. Mm-hmm. I, I think I that, really um, do. I mean, because Kaladin has already done that. Right. He's already given Bridge Four something important to do. I don't know if this is something that comes from Kaladin. I think that this is one of those things that make Adolin and Kaladin very similar. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, I, I don't think I would agree. Yeah. I would agree. I think this is something that Adolin was probably raised to know as like second in command to the Colin family, right? Yeah. Well, it, I think that, uh, I guess the really, really curious question is, is how long has it been since Dalinar has been spewing out his wisdom, right. his take on his men, the way that he protected his own bridgemen, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. By doing things slower. Right. So I guess right? we'll so find he, that out whenever we start reading more flashbacks. Right. Um, she smiled. What? Well, you sound like your father, she says. He paused and looked away. Nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. I didn't say there there was anything wrong with that. I like it. I'll find something to do with my guards, Adolin. Something useful, I promise. Gaz and Vatha didn't seem to think the duty was all that important from the way they yawned and slouched as they walked. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. Holding out oil lamps, spears at their shoulders, they passed a very large group of women. A large group of women carrying water and some men carrying lumber to set up a new privy. Most made way for Vatha, seeing a personal guard was a cue to step aside. Of course, if Shallan had really wanted to exude importance, she'd have taken a palanquin, used them extensively in Carbranth. Maybe it was the part of Vale inside of her that made her resist Adolin whenever he suggested that she order one. There was an independence to using her own feet. Mm-hmm. I like this little bit, this little surfacing of veil. Mm -hmm. They reached the stairwell and at the top, Adolin dug in his pocket for a map. Shallan tugged his arm and pointed the way down the tunnel. How can you know that so easily, he says. Don't you see how wide those strata are? She she points uh, in the wall at the corridor. It's this way. He tucked away his map and gestured for Vatha to lead the way. Do you really think I'm like my father? Adolin said softly. There was a worried sense to his voice. Ah. This is, this is like um, Adolin trying to ask Shallan about whether or not he's still a good man after killing mm. Sadius. He's not talking about it. He's kind of right. dancing around it a little bit, but you can really feel it off the page here when he's ha- they're having this part of the conversation. You are, she says. You're just like him, Aelin. Moral, just, and capable. He frowns. Mm-hmm. Moral, just, and capable. How many of the stories does uh, young Aelin know about the Blackthorn? We don't know that, actually. We don't know how much So when 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 Aelin comes into the family, you know, what's it like for him? Mm-hmm. Um, what? She asks nothing. 
You're a terrible liar, she says. You're worried you can't live up to his expectations, aren't you? Maybe. Well, you have, Aelin. You have lived up to them in every way. I'm certain Dalinar Colon couldn't hope for a better son. And Storms, that idea bothers you? What? No. Shalon poked Adolin on the shoulder with her free hand. You're, you're not telling me something. Maybe. Well, thank the Almighty for that. What, not going to ask what it is? Ash's eyes, no. I'd rather figure it out. A relationship needs some measure of mystery. I love that. I'm going to figure it out. <laughs> I really, yeah. really love that. I think that's yeah. awesome. <laughs> I'm going to figure it out. Mm-hmm. What do you think this is? Well, actually, I shouldn't ask you that. You should be asking me that. Yeah, what do you think? Um, Hold on, let's start over. Jack, what do you <laughs> think this is? <laughs> that was your line. Yeah. Um, I think... I think he doesn't want to be the Blackthorn. I think he doesn't want to be plagued by visions. I think he doesn't want to be r- ridiculed and mocked openly in public as his father was. He doesn't want to be the bad parts of his dad, is I think what you're saying. Right. Yeah. And And he doesn't... Ultimately, I think he doesn't want to have been the murderer of Sadius. Right. Especially after he knows his father probably wouldn't have done it. Right. No matter what Sadius did against him, the only thing that I think Dalinar would have done eventually is if Sadius had, if Sadius had, um, outwardly attacked his house, Mm -hmm. then I think that Dalinar would have done something. Right. But. It it would it it was it was or it seems clear that it was going to take a lot for Dalinar to take it into his own hands. Mm-hmm. Adolin just reached a boiling point. Yeah, caught him at the wrong moment. Um, I, I think that yeah. Adolin is going through maybe some regret here. Like he's regretting. Yeah, some that's of the what I'm thinking. Took. Yeah, and I don't think he wants to be the murderer of Sadius anymore. Like mm-hmm. in the moment, I think he did it. And it's kind of like, it's a crime of passion. Right. And then when you get onto the other side of that crime, you realize, oh, geez, like, what have I done? Especially when you have to investigate it yourself. Yeah. Yeah. I know. You don't get to forget about it. You have to dwell in it. No. Um, Ash's eyes, no, I want to figure it out. This is good. They were approaching the saddiest section of Urethiro. Though ILA had threatened to relocate back to the war camps, she'd made no such move. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I kind of, I like this about her. It says that this is where the action is and that's where she's going to stay. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Where the action is. They reached the first guard post. The forest green and white uniforms of Sadius as they were allowed to pass. In here, they passed far fewer workers or merchants and far more soldiers. Mm-hmm. Men with dark expressions, unbuttoned coats, and unshaved faces of all varieties. Even the scribes were different. They wore makeup, but sloppier clothing. Hmm. It felt like they'd stepped from law into disorder. What do you make of that? Uh, we've we've had this comment before. We've had this... From Sadius's. Uh, yeah, about Sadius's camp. Yeah. Because yeah. she's going to yeah. say here in a little bit, she's like, they feel like gangs. And, and we've kind of right. had this comment. I think it was Kaladin, maybe. Um, there was someone that said, like, you know, it's... Kaladin it was, was making these observations yeah, it earlier. Was different yeah, you're in right. Kalad- in, in Sadius's camp. Sabar- yeah. And it, it, it's not necessarily the most comfortable place to be. Mm-hmm. 
the soldiers they passed all sneered at Adolin. They feel like gangs, Shalon says. Don't mistake them, Adolin says. They march in step, their boots are sturdy and their weapons well-maintained. Sadius trained good soldiers. It's just that where father used discipline, Sadius used competition. Besides, here looking too clean will get you mocked. You can't be mistaken for a Colin. I like that line Should where hope. Dalinar oh. used discipline and Sadius used competition. Competition. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. She'd hoped that maybe now that the truth about the desolation had been revealed. Dalinar would have an easier time of uniting the High Princes. Well, that obviously wasn't going to happen while these men blamed Dalinar for Sadius's death. Mm-hmm. They eventually reached the proper rooms and were ushered in to confront Sadius's wife. Aile was a short woman with thick lips and green eyes. She sat in a throne at the center of the room, and standing beside her was Mraes, one of the leaders of the Ghostbloods. Mm. I know, right? It's great. great. ending to that chapter. Yeah. Um, so, so, what's, um, so first off, let me ask you, what do you think Marais is doing there? Do you think that the Sadiuses, or at the very least, ELA is part of the Ghostbloods? Or do you think that she is unawares of who Marais really is and Marais is just pretending to be someone so he can have kind of his claws into this? So I don't have a great guess based on anything that I can confirm. Mm-hmm. Um, we know that ELA has had her hands in, um, in assassination, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. gathering information. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't surprise me in that the ghost bloods is a secret society and a, and a, a gang of sorts, if you will. It wouldn't surprise me if ILA is part of it. Yeah. I think and that's or a good read. Sadius I think it's a good part read. of it. Yeah. I think it's a good read. I think it's a better read to say that ELA, because there's so little we know about ELA. Right. So, and we're learning yeah. more and more about her through flashbacks and through present uh, chapters, right? So, right. it's great. I love it when we start discovering a new character right. and there but are this layers is what's to going it. To be, so here's what's going to be really interesting. If, 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 if ELA or ILA, I can't quite decide how I'm going to say that. Um, if she is a ghost blood, Marais mm-hmm. clearly knows Vale, mm-hmm. but Marais also knows Shallan. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So Marais is going to recognize Shallan. For sure. He already knows Shallan, Shallan. That was a big revelation right. at the end of the last book. Right. So here's the question. Is Marais going to give up Shallan Vale to Ayale? Hmm. It's a very good, or it's will a very good question. Keep, keep that little knife secret. Will will yeah, exactly. I mean just so that's saying what I'm like that about. sounds right, right? That he would keep that yeah. little knife secret. Right. Right. So. Because it could be that Marais may not be aligned with ELA. It might not be. We don't know what, right. what he's doing there. It could, and, it and could get more complex. Soon. Yeah. 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 What's your, uh, what's your highlight for this chapter here? This little, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to claim, I'm going to echo yours. The, Adolin's um, observation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Of what to do with the men and a failed yeah, soldier get, oftentimes have yes. been failed. Yeah. It's, it's, yep. it's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's no, my highlight and, too. And, 
and giving them and giving the soldiers or the people that you lead, give them purpose, give mm-hmm. them meaning. Because yeah. you can even see Vatha and Gaz just don't want to be there. But yeah, if, they're slouched. Yeah, they're, but if they yeah. had felt good about it, they might be actually attentive. And you right. know what I mean? Like, they're actually horrible guards right now. So hopefully Shalon does come up with something. Mm-hmm. It's cool. You know what else is cool? <laughs> An info dump. Yeah, we got Let's some uh, information here from our good friend Buzzkill Joe. Thanks again, mm. Buzz, for uh, doing this. Um, mm-hmm. So let's go start chapter nineteen. We've got a little bit of yep. stuff here. Um, Toe is um, Evie's Toe. Uh, older brother, which makes him Dalinar's future brother-in-law. Uh, they seem to come from Rira, which is awesome. Um, there was a new house called House Ev. Eva, Eva Vac, which you ha- also had a hard time pronouncing. I also just did. Um, there's Vac, some yeah, ale- right. random Alethi, Alethi house that we learned about. Mm-hmm. And then um, Shoebreath's son, Mashalan, sounds like maybe he was a Shin conqueror during the Shin, Shin invasions. Right. We talked about the Shin invasions, mm-hmm. right? We we don't know whether or not this name is attached to the Shin, Shin invasions, but it seems very likely. Um, right. Storm Strider is mentioned. Uh, Dalinar glanced and saw something luminous in the distance, a gargantuan figure that moved on spindly glowing legs. We're not really sure what this is. Um, in words of radiance, Buzz has a quote here. It says, something was glowing on the plateau, something that moved. It was hard to see. He wore an enormous, uh, um, he saw an enormous figure walking up there, a glowing inhuman followed by another alien and sleek, striding the storm leg after leg until the glow passed. So this is not the first time we've encountered this mysterious creature out in the storms. And Buzz doesn't really have an explanation for us here, Probably because, you know, we're still only on the third book. So, um, so yeah, a little bit more information there, which is great. We also have, uh, here, um, hunger spren, like a, t- I thought, I thought this was really cute, like a tiny brown fly, the type you saw out in the West yeah. near the pure lake. So a hunger spren is a tiny brown fly, which is not very appealing, but those, you know, those flies <laughs> are very hungry all the time. So I thought that was really, really cute. <laughs> Um, we also get Evie, which we kind of know she is 18 at this time and she is the, uh, f- uh, Dalinar's future wife, the one he couldn't remember for the longest time. Um, mm-hmm. Lanka claws. I think that these are probably like lobster claws or, um, maybe, mm-hmm. um, crab claws, like just something to, uh, tasty to eat in, in warm butter. Um, it seems like they don't have any, uh, soul casters in Rira or Ira in Irali or in Rira. So that's kind of interesting, yeah. eh? That they don't have that it stuff is interesting. over there. Um, Toe calls the, the Alethi, um, uh, like, uh, blessed by God for having them. So yeah, that's mm-hmm. kind of an interesting thing here. Um, what else do we have? Uh, we, um, learned the name of the captor in the, uh, gang of, uh, Parchman, mm, his name Saw. is Saw, yeah. which, I mean, love Saw. Um, mm-hmm. also didn't really care for saw two, but saw one is really good. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, we, uh, get a name, a which is, uh, one of, um, Adolin's old girlfriends. And I think that this is, Dealey is one of the names that we didn't get at the beginning of the story. So remember we were like, oh, he's dated so many girls. Here are the names. Well, this is a new name. So he's kind of filling in some of the blanks here. He also dated a girl named Dealey. So. 
I just want to ask him, like, yo, what's the dealie with it? You know? I just, okay. <laughs> the dealio. Right. Um, Shalon has a lady's maiden named Mari who she keeps sending away because she doesn't want right. Mari to see her sneaking out at night, which is hilarious. Right. It's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Turi. Turi Sabariel, we learn his first name, which is awesome. Turi. I like it. It's mm-hmm. kind of cute. Turi. Turi. Yeah, it's yeah. awesome. It, I, it's, 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 I don't know. For, for me, it kind of sounds a bit sophisticated. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah, it's really awesome. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah um, the, the other the, the other thing here, um, last thing is uh, honor guard. Uh, I love how um, Adolin puts it here. This is for them. You don't need guards, maybe, but you do need an honor guard. Men to be honored by their position. And like, right. I love that, you know, an honor guard is the honor isn't for you. It's for the men, right. which is really, right. really cool. I like that a lot. It is cool. Yeah. So yeah, that's the end of the, the info dump. Thank you very much to Buzzkill Joe for providing us with all kinds of uh, stuff. Um, we are going to wrap the show up. We Jack, um, we are reading three chapters next week. Ooh, 21, uh, 22, 23, and 24, all three little chapters again. Hopefully we'll okay. get a nice little potpourri of things again. That was really fun. Um, I know, it was good. Yeah, if you want to be part of the community, go to patreon.com slash heroes of, where you can get the link to the Discord and all kinds of little fun things. My, Craftmaster Mike can send you a gift package on depending on the tier you, you select. Um, we want to say thank you to all our patrons and all our listeners. If you are a listener and you haven't yet joined up uh, with the Patreon group, do so at patreon.com slash heroes of if you want to reach out to us like we asked earlier if you are part of the military and you have any comments on this whole um honor guard uh failed soldier comment i'd love you to reach out to heroes of a at gmail.com or you can reach out to us on twitter at heroes of one you can also reach us on instagram at the storm pod and don't be shy to join the subreddit the storm pod or the facebook group um so thank you very much for listening everyone this has been quite a long episode but it's so great man when we get into it and we really dissect everything so i really enjoy <laughs> (laughs) it um so thanks everyone for listening we love you very much till next time take care everybody the storm pod is brought to you by heroes of music and theme song by jack forest productions additional music by jason moray produced by our wonderful patreon team and the heroes of akathra